So, last month we ended tired and this month we're starting tired. Gary's here and we're actually going to do the topic we were supposed to do last time, which is talk <laughs> about our favourite games of the last decade. First though, Gary, what have you been up to? Um, I have been doing a few things. Uh, I'm not going to talk about school as much as we did last time, but... <laughs> no, we, we did cover that for quite a long time last time. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get to what I've been, been playing then. Okay. Um, I've been trying, so I, I, last week we talked about Game Pass a little bit, or, well, we talked about Game Pass quite a bit. I said last week, last month. Yeah, that's um, fine. That's <laughs> something I do. Yeah, last month we talked about Game Pass a bit, and I've been, uh, kind of dabbling and trying to find some, some new games in there. I played through, uh, Metro. 2034 or whichever one it that 2033 2033 yeah yeah 2034 is the book sequel right um and that was fun that was enjoyable i don't know if i'd i didn't really come out of come out of it feeling like oh i want to play metro last light now or i want you know i was the opposite actually because um i actually played both of them earlier this year like back to back pretty much i really liked them I played them leading up to when the third one was coming out on Steam and mm-hmm. then haven't bought the third one yet. So, Yeah, Last Light is on Game Pass as well, and I could play it, but <laughs> by the time I got done with 2033, I kind of wanted, wanted to play something. I just wanted to play something different, and that's something I usually... I mean, if I come out of a game, I'm usually... I either really, really want to play more games just like it, Mm-hmm. or I don't want, I want to play something that's not like it at all. Yeah. Um so I from Metro 2033 I went to Age of Mythology. The Age of Mythology is probably the best one. It probably is because so I played Age of Empires 2 a lot growing up. Yeah. Um but by play I meant like dick around in the scenario editor and then watch my dad play the campaign cuz I was too dumb to really understand an rts <laughs> um and so i came back to it a couple months ago because i got it on steam when it was on sale the hd uh re-release and it's on game pass too and i just i wasn't very happy with it for some reason like for with the campaign for two it wasn't quite all oh, right okay so like i i own all of them um, but I've only ever actually played the campaign for mythologies, so I don't play like multiplayer for those kind of games. I'm I'm in that for the campaign, and I think Age of Mythology definitely has the best campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played one. Three has a pretty good campaign because three actually three does some weird things with it because it's all the colonial stuff, and it it almost kind of feels like. Um, they were trying to make it a, uh, like a 4X or a, a Civ type game while still being an RTS. Okay. Um, and it, they, they, they mix some, some kind of factors of some of those kind of strategy games with it. Like you're doing a lot of shipping between the new world and the old world. And all of that happens on like a menu screen that is very much like civilization. All right. Okay. So, so like if you, if you want to, receive or send shipments of of 
resources back. And this is, I might be wrong on this because it's been years since I've played Age of Empires 3. But you would ship like certain resources back and then get troops or get other resources um, into the new world that you were colonizing. And so so there was a lot more kind of different resources than just your standard like food, wood, gold, like in your regular Age of Empires, if I remember correctly. Like my familiarity with the games is basically just mythologies, to be honest. Like I bought all of them because my wife likes them, Mm -hmm. but she mostly just plays she plays like the the like multiplayer against the computer and that's pretty much all she does oh yeah just the the skirmishes yeah i need to go back because to to age of empires 2 i don't know if if i want to after playing through age of mythologies campaign cuz I, I still have it it's it's long it's it's longer than i remembered yeah plus there's an expansion and then there's at least two new smaller campaign expansions that i didn't have when i was a kid i don't know how new they are but uh, for which for mythologies yeah for mythologies i know yeah there's there was one that came out like not longer after the game was released and then there was one that came out like last year right i had i had that one um that was the Atlantis one, right? That came out after the game was released. Yeah, there's like the new one's like Chinese, isn't it? Yes. So yeah. So that one's the one that just came out, like just relatively. I don't know if I'll I'll get around to that. I'm I'm just kind of playing it for nostalgia's sake a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not playing efficiently. I never play RTS games efficiently. I'm a I'm a turtler. I like <laughs> I like to just make walls. And, and build a big army. Yeah, I tend to just explore the map and then stop. <laughs> like, the way I used to do it was I used to, um, like, explore the map as much as possible. And then, instead of building a wall around my base, I'd build a wall around the enemy base so that they couldn't come out rather than I couldn't, you know, so not so that they couldn't attack me, but so that they couldn't even get out of where they were. And that was just, like, all I'd do. <laughs> And then, like, garrison it with the uh, archers. I mean, that's that works. <laughs> but I think what makes Age of Mythology so interesting above Age of Empires 2, I, I never played 1, but 2 and 3, is that it has a lot more hero units and a lot more interesting uh, dynamic kind of units than... Because yeah. I always felt with Age of Empires 2, I just got... Got all my my knights and my archers and my swordsmen and my siege weapons, and I just kind of went and did it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. But there's there's a little more. It reminds me of like uh, of Warcraft a little more in that way. How there's like there's a lot more specific kind of roles that different units play. They're the different units, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're different uh, because different. Uh, mythologies have different kinds of units. So you have like, I mean, it's still like you have heroes that are good against and and myth units that are good against infantry and good against buildings, but they have like cool, like they have like powers with cooldowns that make me feel like I'm doing more than just clicking on stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Is this is essentially what it is. I have this like weird relationship with RTS games in total where like, I like the idea of them and then I play them and don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
it's been it's been a podcast game for me recently, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to catch up on some some different ones and and through some audiobooks or, or YouTube even, and I I really I really find a lot of value in a game that I can just like throw on a stream or some or I've been watching a lot of Star Trek recently too. I've been so I could throw on an episode of Star Trek and then just like mindlessly build my base and and play through a couple levels of the campaign. I like I actually don't usually watch a lot of stuff like TV or anything, but recently I've actually watched a load of stuff. Okay. Um I actually went through and watched all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Oh yeah, like all of them? Uh, well, not all of them because I'd already watched the first like five seasons i had already seen uh daredevil season one and two uh luke cage season one iron fist season one jessica jones season one and uh the defenders and then i stopped at that point okay so like the kind of first wave of that yeah so i stopped there and then in the last two weeks i think it was two weeks yeah i started on the 4th of october and i ended on the 14th so 10 days i watched the other what eight seasons seven seasons so there's the punisher in order it is punisher season one jessica jones season two luke cage season two iron fist season two daredevil season three the punisher season two and jessica jones season three okay <laughs> that's that's a lot yeah it's um uh seven seven a seven times three twenty one ninety one minus three it's 88 hours. <laughs> it's 88 hours in 10 days. And I'm I'm using like I've been watching um Next Generation with my dad and the original <laughs> series on my own. And I'm using an episode guide for both of those to just like find the best out of each season. And you're committed to to watching all of these different seasons. I I don't do I don't commit to to shows much like that so like i don't usually really i don't really watch anything like i made a i made a list on a i made a spreadsheet because i do of like all the things (laughs) i've watched this year and i watched two sorry i watched one film and two tv shows in january and then between january and september i didn't watch anything else on like tv or films or anything and then since September, I've watched a load more. I just started watching stuff again. I feel like we both, me and you both have a habit of like making things that we enjoy into an, an uh, obligation or like a task. Yeah, like I've been debating doing reviews of all these. Yeah, see, and and that's something that's been really nice about me watching Star Trek because like me and my dad would watch TV a lot. Like we were watching the Sopranos for a while. And then we got started on, I think Vinland saga, the anime. <laughs> and we, we would just always drop them. We, we were going with the Sopranos for a while. Cause it's just really good. <laughs> but, um, the thing that's nice about star Trek is you can just pick it up. Right. Yeah. Especially if you know, the characters, right. Um, once you know who the characters are, you can kind of just pick up an episode or two and enjoy it. Yeah. 
without the sort of like overarching plot, it's a lot easier to do that sort of thing. Yeah, and there is overarching plot across seasons, and it's been nice to follow that. But it's also yeah. been a lot more relaxed of a watching experience for me, and it I've been able to make it not feel like. Like, oh, I have to finish this show because I've started this show. <laughs> yeah, they don't really do as much stuff like that anymore. No, I, I'm trying. I mean, there's like network in, in America. There's like network TV, like crime procedurals that are all like really bad. Yeah, like I suppose the CSI stuff you don't really need to watch in order. No, I mean, there's like, again, there's like overarching storylines for seasons. Yeah. Like, my grandparents love watching NCIS, I think is the one. Yeah. And, yeah, I used to watch a lot of that. And it's it's still going. New episodes, they've replaced, like, half the cast. Like, I think I stopped watching it when Ziva left the first time. <laughs> the first time, yeah. Yeah. They, they keep bringing her back. Um yeah. And I I don't mean to, like, judge you for... Maybe the early seasons were, were better, it's not a very well written show. No. And it, it it's it's hard for me to even enjoy as like popcorn trash or popcorn fluff rather. Maybe not trash, that's yeah. harsh. But um it's it's a hard show for me to even like just turn off my brain and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now, there was um cuz I my grandparents still have like satellite TV and they watch a lot of network shows. Uh, they did do like a, a TV show reboot. They've been doing a lot of these. They did like Hawaii Five O was was the first one, and now they have like Magnum PI, um, MacGyver. But the the they did a Lethal Weapon TV show, and it had uh, Damon Wayans in it, and that was actually really good. I really enjoyed that. Okay. Um, as that kind, of, I mean, it, it embodied a lot of the more kind of goofy aspects of those kind of shows. And that lethal weapon dynamic fit well with that, but um, a lot of those, a lot of those network shows like that are are hard for me to watch. I just like to say, I I don't really watch anything. Like before, I did all the Marvel shows, like I was just talking about. The last thing I'd watched was the end of Game of Thrones, and that was just because I'd watched all of the Game of Thrones before that. Mm-hmm. Like I very rarely watch any TV shows, and I only really watch films when i went to the cinema for it so especially this year obviously i've seen even less yeah i'm i'm thinking the last movie that i like sat down and watched was probably bill and ted 3 yeah i've not seen that yet it was good it was fine it was bill and ted um like i've watched more youtube videos of like red letter media talking about movies than i've watched movies this entire year oh yeah yeah (laughs) Like, I've got my YouTube stats on my phone, and on average, I watch like 130 hours of YouTube a week. Yeah, I, I watch a lot of a lot of YouTube more more than um like TV. Oh wow, it's down recently. It's only been 90 hours a week. Oh wow, yeah. I've only watched eight hours of YouTube today. <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've been playing a lot of stuff that I can just kind of play while I watch something or listen to a podcast or something like that. Um, Slay the Spire as well. I think we talked about this last month. Yeah, we did. Um, but that's that's been another good one. Uh, but I wanted to take a break 
uh, in the, earlier this week from Age of Mythology because I kind of got myself burnt out on it. Yeah. And uh, I went to look at what was on Game Pass and I ended up playing through Katana Zero in about a day. <laughs> yeah, that's all you say. That game is good. That game is really, really strong. Huge, huge uh, Hotline Miami vibes with it. Like, I want to play it, and I want to play Carrion as well. But like I told you that someone gave me Game Pass for three months um, mm-hmm. last month, and I haven't touched it yet. I just sort of, like, redeemed the code, and that was it. At some point, I will games. Carrion was the other game that uh i've been playing recently actually so that that was that was the other game that i wanted to talk about okay um but but back to katana zero i played hotline miami uh for the first time a couple months ago and i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed uh the style and and the the gameplay of it katana zero is like hotline miami if it was a 2D side scroller and you were like a ninja. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's, it's absurd in it's like weird neon sci-fi thing, but it's also like very brutal in the same way that hotline Miami was. So it, yeah. it, it definitely, I think takes a lot of inspiration from hotline Miami and in a lot of ways does some of what, uh, the first one did. Katana zero does it. A little better, I think. I haven't played okay. two, um, but but certain things with the story and and gameplay, um, I think Katana Zero does a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I never finished Hotline Miami one, mm-hmm. and I don't think I even started two either. Like, yeah, I liked it. I just like never got around to actually finishing it. I mean, it's a hard game, but it's like a hard game because where you, you try a lot. Right, because you can make yeah. a lot of quick retries, and there's a lot of things that are very different every time you try in Hotline Miami. Yeah. And that's something that's actually what I like a little more about Katana Zero is it feels a little more the same every time, and you have a really quick respawn. And yeah. and um, you still like go back to the beginning of of the screen or the level. So so. You're basically having to master a screen at a time, which is mm-hmm. that kind of Celeste or, or Super Meat Boy kind um idea, which Hotline Miami had too. It was just top down um, instead of like a full screen. But I think Katana Zero had it's a lot easier for me to recreate recreate a um course of action in katana zero than it is in hotline miami and i think that works well in its favor um it makes hotline miami feel a little more intense and a little more um you feel a little more reactionary when you're playing it and and that stuff is still in katana zero to an extent but i think about especially like the boss battles um having those patterns and, and being able to react to that um in a specific way every time it uh makes that kind of gameplay feel a little more snappier and a little it, it grabs me a little more yeah also you have time slow down and that's cool yeah it always helps you can like deflect bullets back with your samurai sword and but it it also is a pretty 
I'm not going to say dynamic because ultimately I think there's only like two endings, but there's like, it, it has di- uh, like dialogue trees and a lot more. It makes you at least feel like you have a little more agency in yeah. your character's experience than in something like Hotline Miami. Yeah. Like I, I vaguely remember like some of your dialogue choices can lead to different levels or something. Yes. Um, like I remember people saying that. Not so. quite. I don't think it's different. Le- I think it's, they're all the same level, but it's different aspects of the level that change. Right. Okay. And th- there's, there's some secrets and, and cool stuff. So I've been playing that. I beat that the other day and then I picked up, I downloaded uh, Carrion and Wargroove and I tried out both of those last night. I played a bit of Wargroove on the Switch. Like, I liked it, but I didn't like it enough, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I played through the first couple of missions. Um, I kind of wished I was playing, like, a Fire Emblem game instead. I just kind of wish it was Advance Wars. Yeah. And it's not. It's not Advance Wars. I just really like Advance Wars. See, I never never had experience with Advance Wars, and... It's so good. So, from, from my kind of... I guess my background of strategy games just being Fire Emblem and uh, like Final Fantasy Tactics, I miss having more dedicated units as opposed to like making, like building units every turn. The building units is very advanced wars. Like that's yeah. That I mean that's that's because Advance Wars was the same developers as Fire Emblem, right? Uh yeah. I'll go with yeah. Yeah, I think it was. At least the the GBA well that would be Advance Wars, isn't it? Cuz we never got the um in the west we never got the We never got the Famicom Wars or anything though. No. Yeah, the Famicom Wars. Yeah. And then they just kept the Advance Wars name the entire time over it. Yeah, cuz that's a cool name. Yeah. But I like the idea of having like each unit be a character in Fire Emblem. That's very mm-hmm. kind of driving for me. Yeah. Um, it definitely, I like, I found myself in a lot of, um, missions in Wargroove so far, just like having fodder units. Yeah. Well, th- that was one of the things is that it kind of like having the units be characters in Fire Emblem, like it leads you to a different style of play. Yes. Like you're a lot more deliberate with stuff. Whereas with Advance Wars or Wargroove, you can just sort of like you can make riskier plays. Yeah, and that's interesting, but also I think mm-hmm. I just like having more unique characters. And also yeah. Fire Emblem feels a little more RPG e. Yeah. Because your character since you have unique characters, they level up and they get different things. Yeah. And I, I like that feeling of progression for a strategy game. Yeah, like most of the Advance War stuff is just like you uh progress and unlock new characters to play as rather than Right, new new kind of units or new Yeah, like mostly new commanders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I'm gonna I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I played of Wargroove. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out a little more. I might stream it. I know there's like a lot mm-hmm. of community content, which is really interesting. Um oh, is there? Yeah, there's like because uh, they have a map builder and people oh, yeah, people yeah. can just like build scenarios and maps and people have like redone I think you can play like 
Advance War map. People have remade Advance Wars maps and that sort of thing in Wargroove. That's pretty cool. Like I, I remember like I actually played Wargroove for the first time at Gamescom, like a year before it came out. And we just spent like an hour there. <laughs> just me and my wife playing like Wargroove matches against one another. Yeah. It's good. It's I mean, it's fun. Um I'm gonna come back to it. I enjoyed it a little more than Carrion. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that like Carrion's a bit like all over the place. It's very front loaded. Yeah. Um, it's very quickly front loaded. Like I played it for a couple hours and the, the initial kind of draw of it is really interesting. And I think this is true for a lot of Metroidvanias, but like once I got into the meat of, <laughs> that wasn't intentional. Um, yeah. but, but once I got like into the, the core of the exploration and, and like actual Metroidvania kind of part of the game, I started to lose my interest in it a little bit. Yeah. I've heard like some of the backtracking is kind of like boring. It It is. Um, th- there's not enough to really keep you uh, because enemies it's um, it's not like like in Metroid enemies respawn when you leave a room. Yeah. And um, I think if they did that in Carrion, it also wouldn't be fun, but it's no. also bore. It's a kind of damned if they do damned if they don't, because Enemies are pretty powerful, right? They can, um, especially when you get to some of like the containment soldiers who have like shields and, and some of the more like dangerous, like actual enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the first people that you fight like are just like dudes with a, with a gun and you can just kind of scoop them up and eat them. Okay. But then there's dudes who have like flamethrowers or machine guns and like energy shields. And you have to, like, position your goop around their energy shields to get them from behind. And it's interesting, but I would hate it if every time I had to go into a room, I, like, had to fight those guys again. Yeah. But I would also, I also don't like that um, I have to do a lot of backtracking through places where I've already uh, killed enemies. So I don't I don't really know what the solution to that is. I felt like very similar sort of like to Axiom Verge. Yeah. Where like the backtracking in that game just kills it for me. And there's so much of it. Like Metroid gets around a lot of it. And um no well less so Metroid, but um like Castlevania games get around it with like the teleport mm-hmm. rooms and stuff. Like just makes like the, the backtracking like so much more comfortable because like you instead of it covering the entire map, you're going like four or five screens either direction each time. Right. Well, Metroid does too because like Super Metroid is a really good um, example of that kind of shortcut design, like level design uh, that that Dark Souls also does very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know about Metroid One, uh, but Super Metroid definitely. Um, handles backtracking well it's it's rough at times i think any metroidvania game um can be rough with the backtracking yeah i think hollow knight probably has done it the best just because it feels so good to move around in that game yeah i like i was getting a bit tired of it towards the end but Mm -hmm. like overall it's probably better but it also has the castlevania uh fast travel like you were talking about. Yeah, but even then, like, it's quite limited, that There's only, like, 12 of them, isn't there? Yeah. There's, like, one in each zone. 
Yeah, I need to play more Castlevania games. I've only played Symphony of the Night. Yeah, right. So I I went through a thing a few years ago where I did all of the Game Boy Advance ones back to back. I think I've done all of the DS ones as well. I've done Symphony of the Night and I've done Bloodstained as well. Yeah, Bloodstained just got released on um, Game Pass oh. and I've been meaning to to check that out. Yeah, it's it's not amazing, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, there's like a lot of content. They keep adding more stuff to it. That's good. And like, I'll probably never go back and see it, to be honest. But Did you play um, the other one that was like Castlevania 3 that they released as like a Kickstarter bonus? Oh, you mean uh, like Curse of the Moon? Curse of the Moon, yeah. yeah I played it and I don't like it. <laughs> I just okay. stopped playing it. Well, it's not... Right, so this is like, it's actually something I've been debating writing a video about. Um, mm-hmm. It's mostly about how I, I don't like live systems. Ah. Right. Have you, have you, have you watched the most recent uh, Game Makers Toolkit then? Yeah, I actually left a comment on it saying I've been working on a video about this for like a month. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was planning on making a video about it either next month or in December sometime soon. Um. Well, you know, I've been making it for ages. I actually started making this video before I made my video about Super Mario Sunshine that came out last, like, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, basically, I just I don't like live systems. But more so, I don't like live systems in platforming games. And especially in platforming games where... Uh, what happened in Curse of the Moon, rather, was, like, if you fall in a pit once, you die and get sent back to the start of the level. And I know that that's just the style, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Like, it just, I always find it really frustrating because like, if I die to an enemy, it's because I've done something wrong. But half the time when I'm platforming, it just feels like I've not, it doesn't feel like I've messed up. It feels like I just didn't quite do what it wanted me to. Like, do you, you get the difference in what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you haven't, you haven't understood the, um, the movement system Yeah, like I, or what it expects yeah, of you. Yeah. Like, Sometimes, like, there's there's another example that I use in the video, which is um, Caro Blaster. I really liked mm-hmm. Caro Blaster, but there was one room with just, like, really awkward platforming, and I could just never quite get the jump the way I was supposed to. Like, I understood what I was supposed to do, but I couldn't quite get the jump right. And if I died mm-hmm. twice to that room, I had to start the entire level over again. And I'm like, this is just a waste of my time doing that. It just frustrates me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so what happened in Curse of the Moon was I got to a room where... I died on one of the jumps and it sent me back to the start of the level. And I was like, okay, great. And then that just happened like three times and I just gave up in the end. And like, at some point I'll probably go back and do it, but I just, there's little stuff like that that games can do where it frustrates me to the point of just never wanting to touch it again. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of like, I, um, (laughs) I, I, I picked up in my games pass, um, menagerie or, or charcuterie board of, of indie games um i picked up pathologic 2 yeah and i i don't know if i want to like get into too much about pathologic because i don't really want to talk about pathologic for too long <laughs> um but I, I got to a point where it was like hey go do this thing and then i just kind of clicked on the wrong thing and then i goofed up a whole sequence of things and then i was like i don't want to play this game anymore I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I want to play this RPG where my mistakes have that many consequences. And I guess that makes me a coward. Yeah, no, I or a fool. Yeah. But 
there's certain games like that where it's just like there's a level of punishment that comes with mistakes that you're just not always prepared for. That that's why like going back to Katana Zero or um like Celeste, right? You have your punishment for your mistake is you go back to the beginning of the screen. Yeah. It's all about mastering that screen. And I really I really kinda enjoy that sort of design. Um, which is why Celeste is one of my favorite games and why Katana Zero and, and all of those I, I really enjoy. Yeah, like I've said this before that I'm not like all that big on Celeste, but I do massively prefer that style of gameplay. Like that sort mm-hmm. of like yeah. Imagine punishment. Imagine if Celeste had lives. Yeah, like you would not enjoy yeah. it even even yeah. more. <laughs> just just constantly feels like it's just a waste of my time. Like, did you know that um, Super Mario Galaxy? Mm-hmm. When you collect lives in that game, when you save and restart it resets the number of lives you have as well. So you can't even like stock up on lives. Really? Yeah. Every time you reload a save, it puts you back at four lives. So like, that's great if you end with one life, but if you end with like 99 lives and then reload your save, you have four lives. It just completely disincentivizes actually getting lives. I don't understand what like lives mean in a 3d Mario game though. It always seems so weird to me because like in Mario 64, you get booted out of the level when you die. Yeah. It's just a waste of time. Like so much of it is just a waste of time. When you lose all your lives in Mario 64, do you get booted to the castle grounds? Cause you, well, you get booted to the title screen, right? Yeah. And then you load and it puts you back. Yeah. It puts you back outside. I'm pretty sure you can yeah. see it in my stream that I did the other day. <laughs> like I know it happened. That's uh, yeah. So what is the point? Well, that's it. They got rid of them in um, Odyssey anyway. That's true. Yeah. Wasn't that controversial, though? Right. So it is co- somewhat controversial, yeah, because it feels, it makes dying feel even more worthless. Yeah. It's like this weird thing where, like, dying should be a punishment, but live systems just make it feel like a waste of your time. But not dying, like, in Odyssey just feels pointless. So, like, there's like a very particular balance they need to find. Yeah. It like I feel like the Souls game strike it very well. Yeah. Um or or even something like uh Shovel Knight with your checkpoint systems and then you can decide whether or not you want to destroy those checkpoints for extra. Yeah. We really are just going over the Mark Brown video, aren't we? Ah, uh, to some extent, yeah. <laughs> Like, it really annoys me as well that he specifically talks about Keroblaster because I was, like, I have a thing written about me talk, about my experience with Keroblaster and about how the li- how I use the lives in that. And then he talks about Keroblaster in his video and I'm like, for fuck's sake. Like, basically everything I wanted to say, he said in a better way already. So now it just feels like I'm wasting my time, but I'm going to make it anyway. Are you, like, liquid Mark Brown? Uh, like, I don't know. Cause- like, as in Metal Gear? Like, no, I know the reference, but I'm just like, <laughs> you got, I feel you like got, it implies I have a level of skill I don't. Well, yeah, because you got the, the recessive genes. Okay, yeah. That was the, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what, what were we talking about? Lives. Yeah. You know where else lives are really dumb? In Mario Maker. They have lives in Mario Maker. I mean, they don't, but they have one-ups. Like... <laughs> Oh, oh right, yeah, because you just get points and stuff. That's actually one one thing they do do. They have lives in uh, Super Mario Bros. Thirty Five, 
Yeah. And what they do is th- there's a system in Super Mario Bros. 35 where when you get 20 coins, you can buy a power up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you get a, uh, a life shroom in 35, it just gives you enough coins to buy a power up. So that's actually kind of useful. Yeah. It like, also just has like direct usage. Doesn't it also give you time? Yeah, everything. Uh, oh, actually, no, am I wrong? I might be wrong. It gives you 15 seconds, yeah. Yeah. Mario Bros. 35 looks really interesting. It was very good. Like, it's not, is it's it, not something I want to play for a long time, but... Is it one of those that's free for Nintendo Online? Yeah, but um, you only have until March. Oh. Yeah, they're taking it off in March. That's dumb. I know. They're taking that... They're, they're just removing that from existence in March, and uh, the Super Mario Bros. 3D collection, whatever the fuck it's called, will also stop being sold in March, but at least physical copies of that will still exist. Whereas Super Mario Bros. 35 just stops existing in March. That's so dumb. I hate it. Yeah. It's just like we've put we spent like months working on this game. Let's make sure no one can play it. But yeah, live systems are are interesting to think about. Um because it's in, I mean Mark Brown in his video kind of breaks it down in a way that's pretty simple, but I, it's it's about permanent and temporary checkpoints. Yeah. For a lot of reasons, I think it w- in a lot of cases it would be just a lot better just to have a lot a few more permanent checkpoints in a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, like like Shovel Knight or or the the screen solution, but it's just like they're just they're still just holdouts from arcade games really aren't they they were originally just ways of making people pay more money yeah yeah but then the punishment stopped being you need to pay money and started just being started just being you need to spend more time playing the game yeah (laughs) and that just doesn't feel worth it like that's not the same trade-off like it functionally is but it's not really so there's also like i I think there's a lot of, of value in the um in the kind of I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. Like inverting live systems, like doing what like any game with a ranking system does, like Devil May Cry. All right, yeah, so where you die you like lose points rather than Right. Um and yeah. you might get like in Devil May Cry you get less red orbs then. Yeah. And and so that's connect you have you have the, there's your incentive to your incentive is to be better, but it doesn't it it rewards you for being better instead of punishing you for not being as good. Yeah. And that's good. I like that. <laughs> to some extent, I agree, but to some extent, I don't. Just because, like, when it is a currency that has use, not getting it can feel like a punishment. Yeah, that's true. That's really bad in Bayonetta. In yeah. Bayonetta 1... Um, if you die a lot, you just kind of become weak because you can't buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I think, I think DMC three, four and five all kind of balance that pretty well. Yeah. Like I, I don't like, I was never great, but I don't feel like I lost out on a lot in five. Yeah. By not being great. Yeah. I Like I was never in a situation where it was like, Oh, I don't have enough money to afford this thing. 
really. It was like, oh, I need one more. Like, I'll play through one more level and then I'll have enough. Yeah. It was like almost always like just on the I break. felt like Bayonetta was really rough at the end because of stuff like that. And maybe it's because it was the first one that I ever, like, probably the first character action besides Metal Gear Rising that I ever played. Yeah, like, the... I think Bayonetta 1 is the first character action game I actually finished. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's the second. The first character action game I finished was uh, Transformers Devastation. Is that the Platinum one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I played Bayonetta last year. It was either just before. It must have been just before. Just before Devil Cry 5 came mm-hmm. out. Um, so I went from that to Devil May Cry 5 straight away and I was like so much better at it. I played it when I, when it came out on Switch. Um, I yeah. went and bought the, I have the physical version because the, they had the thing where the physical version of Bayonetta 2 on Switch came with a digital copy and I'm like, that's a good deal. That's fine. I, so I actually have three copies of Bayonetta now. I got it on PS3, um, and tried it there first and then I bought the, special edition on the wii u so it was a box set of two and one and then i bought the physical copy of two on switch that came with the free digital as well yeah now you just need to get the um the bayonetta vanquish pack and you'll have the whole collection yeah pretty much (laughs) still never play it again but i went back and played the first couple of levels every now and then if i was bored Mm. um I mean, it's a it's a great game. I think it still is. I mean, I have problems with it, but I think it's a good game. Yeah, it's just like if I was gonna play, if I was gonna spend time going back to a character action game I've already finished, I'd just play DMC Five. Yeah. So, I'd like to go back to three um, with the style switching from yeah. four that they added, um, but I don't want to pay no twenty bucks for it on Switch when I already have it on other consoles. I. I so I've not played any of the other Devil May Cry games except for one, and I was so bad at one. Um, one is rough. Like, I never, one is real rough. Like, I didn't get past the first boss. I just I kept just getting frustrated with the camera every time, and I just never got past it. The only so, reason I got through one was I would just do. I mean, I would just use like holy waters and healing items. Yeah. Because I found it very frustrating. And then when 3 came around, like, I didn't have to do that. Because no. 3 is a much better made game. Yeah. I think, like, I just, I just get, like, so frustrated with the fixed camera angles. I was having, like, real trouble telling where attacks were coming from because of it. Like, the... Yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. names, but I don't know what they are. They're, they're like, scarecrow-type normal enemies. Like, they're almost all fine to deal with. The mannequins, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the mannequins aren't they? Um, I mean, they're, they're scarecrows, but they're called mannequins. I think. Yeah. Well, you can see the cards hold, hanging, uh, holding them up, and that. So yeah. Um, no mannequins, puppets. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of puppets. Um, those are like pretty fine as like a normal enemy, but you get to that first boss, the like spider thing, and I just fucked up yeah. so many times. I just couldn't do it. I just like, I was constantly getting frustrated with the camera, which is more than anything. And it's just, I just hate fixed camera angles, to be honest. 
it it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Like I know people really like him. But... Yeah, the marionette, not mannequin. Yes, that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> we got there in the end. So I know there, we said there wasn't a whole lot of news we wanted to cover, but how do you feel about Minecraft Steve in Smash Brothers? Uh, I think he seems kind of broken, but I was pretty happy about it. I think it's cool. Yeah, like he he doesn't seem balanced very well. There's a lot of shit that it just seems to just like utterly destroy everyone. It's kind of ridiculous. That's then again, I suppose that's been like every new character, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It seems like every new character comes out and is impossible to deal with, and then everyone works out how to deal with them, and it's fine. But yeah, because everyone was complaining about a hero, and then everyone was complaining about Byleth, yeah. and then everyone was complaining. You know, like there was that nobody complained about Min Min though. I didn't even remember them coming out. Like, I legitimately forgot they came out. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Um, there was, like, that one gif of um, Steve hitting Link with a sword, and he just, like, I don't know if it was, like, an official... Like, I think it was in one of the trailers or something, and someone just made a gif of it, and every time I see it, it just makes me laugh. But, like, I've not got any particularly strong feelings of him, to be honest. I do quite like the Enderman. I just always liked the Enderman. So, that's cool. I, th- I just think it, it's cool that, I mean, it's it's cool for the memes and it's cool for, I mean, it's it's a, I mean, it's the world's most popular game. Of course it should be in Smash Brothers, right? Well, that's not true. It's not Fortnite. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait till I, we get Fortnite in the game. I didn't think about that. Which character would it be? I didn't. Would it be the banana? It'd be John Wick. It could be Thanos. Yeah. Or Deadpool. Fortnite Thanos <laughs> snaps into battle. Has there been a Star Trek one yet? Oh, there was Star Wars. I know there was Star Wars. Yeah, you could you could do J.J. Abrams from Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, Travis Scott. Like, yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. You could do Weezer too. They oh, were in no. Fortnite. Oh fuck! You could do uh, Christopher Nolan, dude. You could do a fighting game. Forget Smash. Yeah. Just do a fighting game with all of the like real life people who have been in Fortnite. That'd be amazing. Speaking of like crossover fighting games, I've always thought that like imagine like an Arc System Works Square Enix versus Atlas fighting game. Mm-hmm. That that's what I, that's like the crossover that I want. As like a spinoff of the Persona Arena yeah. game, like Persona Arena, it would it would start it would be like there's an alternate universe where it starts off like X Men versus Street Fighter, right? And it's like Final Fantasy versus Persona Arena, and then it turns into Square, like just like how X Men versus Street Fighter turned into uh, Marvel Heroes versus Street Fighter, and then Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. Speaking of, I, I every single time I see the Capcom logo, the only thing I hear in my head is the intro for uh, Marvelous Capcom Three. I, ne- I, I never played Three. Oh, it's so good. I only played Two. So, like, I actually don't like fighting games. I've just never been particularly good at them. I just really like Marvelous Capcom Three. I also found out the other day that I have a copy of Ultimate Marvelous Capcom Three, and I don't know why. It's it, not like I don't know why. More, I don't know when I got it. You don't remember getting it? No. Don't remember That's buying fun. it at all, but it's in it's on my shelf. So like I do. I know I do, but I have no recollection of buying it at all. I I don't know if I have any games like that on my shelf. 
But um, yeah. So Steve is Steve is cool, I guess, in Smash Brothers. Wow this this what have we been doing topic has been all over the place, hasn't it? Yeah, it's fine. It's only been an hour. Shall we go on to the actual topic? I think yeah. Do you have anything else that you've been playing? Oh, actually, yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot of a game called Autonauts. Okay. I can't decide if I like it or not. It's like weirdly compelling, but I can't decide if I actually enjoy playing it. What is? What, explain. I'm I'm going to Google this. Uh, Autonauts. Yeah, yeah. If you you can look at my channel, it was the one that I did. It will have been this Wednesday at this time. This oh, Tuesday okay. and Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it. It's like it's like you sort of land on a planet, and then start like building stuff on it. Mm-hmm. But like it's just it starts with just you, and then you can build robots, and you can like program the robots to do things for you. So like you can program the robots to chop down trees, and then program a robot to collect the logs that it's chopped down, and then collect like build a robot that'll like plant new trees in its space and stuff. So and you're like, automating stuff, right? Yeah, hence the name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like I can't decide if I actually like it. But I've put like 10 hours into it in the last week. I think it's just sort of it gets to a point where there's um some of the times I'm limited by my own understanding of the actions I'm doing. <laughs> so like trying to build a robot to replicate actions you're taking. Mhm. Doesn't always work because I'm like trying to make it do a thing which it can't do like not because it can't do it but just because it i can't work out how to program it to do the thing if you get what i mean yeah yeah but like the way it works is like you build a robot and then like you press the record button and then you do a set of actions and then you press the play button and then it just does those actions forever so oh, okay like, so if you need it to like do something that's a little more conditional you'll have to re-record it yeah or like but so that's one of the issues is like trying to understand the conditions you want it to act under. And then some of the issues is like just the system itself is kind of limited in how it works out what situations you want. Yeah. Do you think this is a problem of like you have like coder brain and this is meant for people without coder brain? I mean, maybe. Maybe it's that I'm seeing the limitations <laughs> that other people wouldn't see as much just because like I feel like it should be possible. Because you have coder brain? But yeah. <laughs> Like, like to to give you an example, like later on in the game, you get the ability to like they're called colonizers, I think. Mm-hmm. You like you're building a colony on a planet, basically. Um, so you're basically like building humans, like you actually grow them out of a plant pot. Um, <laughs> but like one of the things you have to do is feed them, and it's just. Like, trying to work out a system for making the robots feed them enough is an issue. Yeah. It's just, like, little stuff like that where it's like, I can understand how to do this, but I have no idea how to teach the robot to do the thing I want it to do. That's that's an interesting conundrum. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, am, I am enjoying it. And, like, I keep wanting to play more. But I, it's, like, weird. Like, I'll play it for, like, an hour and then stop. And then, like, a couple of hours later, just go back and play another hour and then stop and then just keep doing that, like, every day. Like, it's nice. I've been enjoying it, but I can't really decide how I feel about it. Like, do I actually enjoy it or am I just, like, weirdly compelled to play it? You get what I mean? Yeah. Because there's, like, so many meters that tick up. 
And is it just that I want to see all the meters tick up? Is it just that I'm like enthralled by the numbers or do I actually like care about the game? Make number go up. Yeah. That's how I was. I was playing the Final Fantasy 14 like free trial. That's like a free trial up to level 60. Yeah. And I was like enjoying it a lot at first. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm just making number go up. And this is only fun if I can make number go up with friends. And under the free trial, you can't do that. So, yeah, it's like basically RuneScape. RuneScape is just numbers go up the game. Yeah, it is. I spent so much time in RuneScape when I was younger. And then like someone hacked into my account and I, I I've not logged back on since. I only found out someone hacked into my account because I tried to log on and they told me my account had been banned. And I was like, I haven't used this account in six years. How could it be banned? So I sent them a message and they were like, yeah, it looks like someone's hacked your account. So we've reinstated it. So I changed my passwords and everything. But mm-hmm. I've not logged back on since. So I assume all of the stuff that I had has been gone. <laughs> so, because I had like a load of shit because I, I played it for like years and I had the membership and everything. So like I had like a couple of million gold, which like granted isn't a lot, but it's more than the nothing i'm sure it sells for like a pound so i'm sure someone sold it but like all my stats are still the same so eventually i can work my way back up i suppose um i had something else i wanted to talk about before we got into the games Mm -hmm. of the decade but i i'm losing it (laughs) oh i've been having i was discussing with a friend of mine recently uh because it's coming up on halloween and I, I was ta- we were talking about horror movies and how I'm not like a huge fan of horror movies. Just like I, it's not that I dislike them. I, there's a lot of movies that I like that are considered horror movies, I guess. Yeah. But I just don't go out of my way to watch horror movies. Yeah, that's kind of how I. I love horror games, though. I I love really yes. Um. Now, now, stuff like Outlast or that kind of like first-person horror game, like double A to triple A kind of not trend, but that that's what a lot of horror games are. You know, even if they're like indie made in Unity, a lot of them are like uh, very much in reaction to PT. Yeah exploring a house that kind of stuff i'm not a huge fan of Mm -hmm. Uh, like one of my favorite games of all time and i I think i talked about this on the last podcast but one of my favorite games yeah we talked about horror games for a little bit then is uh is faith yeah um and i've been watching uh a streamer play silent hill and like the the original silent hill and and the resident evil games those i mean those are obviously a little more campy and survival horror but for some reason i mean those games scare me more than horror movies do but i enjoy that more for some reason i think we did talk about this last time yeah we we definitely talked about horror games for a bit last time like one of my main issues is like i think again we spoke about it last time but i have this thing where i like worry about being scared (laughs) more than i actually get scared yeah so like i tend to avoid horror stuff because of that but whenever I have watched a horror film or played a horror game, I've just been kind of like bemused by it more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I think horror games definitely are able to um, 
create tension more than um, horror movies mm-hmm. in certain ways. There is like that kind of dramatic irony that's lost on like like when you're watching like a Friday the 13th or something like that and you the viewer know that something bad is going to happen and the characters don't. Yeah. That that is like kind of that that irony is is core to what a lot of like the tension of a lot of horror movies. Yeah. And you can't really do that. Really replicate it within yeah. The most you can do is like in horror games is like fake out scares or something rattling, you know, to build tension in that similar way. Um, I mean, there are times where, uh, I think of like until dawn, but until dawn is a very unique horror game anyways. Yeah. I suppose like the closest you could get is probably you could set up situations in horror games where, nothing bad's going to happen to you but you know something bad is going to happen to another character and you're sort of like trying to fight to get to save them or whatever which can like sort of build the same tension yeah um and and i think that's a lot of like trying to think of a game that does something like that um i i can't uh there's a bit in resident evil one remake and i think they do some else in code veronica where you like getting the the poison cure for someone mm-hmm that kind of works off that yeah there's that tension of like oh this person yeah and i think there's also the tension in like resident evil 2 when you have multiple characters going through a scenario and resident evil 1 does that too at chris and jill um builds a a similar sort of like oh they meet up and then and piecing that together is something that that a lot of survival horror games do and is really interesting to me Mm -hmm. but my favorite kind of horror games are the like small indie ones like Faith. Yeah. Because they're they're so simple. Um or or anything on like the Dread X collection or any of those little game horror game jams. Like that is yeah. I love those. Um <laughs> we did. We talked about this last month. Yeah, and I you should play my horror game. Yes, I should. I meant to do it after last podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No, it's it's like my horror game is very much like it is very short like if you know how to do it it's like 30 seconds so like it's not really built around <laughs> multiple playthroughs yeah it's, it, it's very much a game where like once you've seen it you understand it mm-hmm. but i still like it was just it was a dream that i had and it's based around a character that can't control the voice okay and like i won't say too much because like i say it's a very short game so like once you know what happens, you know what happens. There's only so but, much you can say, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's got an incredibly simple premise. Like, all you have to do is get a glass of water and go back to bed. And that's it. Yeah. And you're a character that can't control the voice. And then the rest of the game happens around that. But okay. I liked it. Like, other people liked it. Like, someone wrote an article including it. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, like it was in doesn't exist anymore, but Rock Paper Shotgun used to do a thing for free games. It's like free games of the week. Yeah. We talked about this last month. <laughs> yeah. It was in the one of those for Halloween last year. It's Halloween. Uh, like I, I'm allowed to like make people play my horror games on Halloween, surely. No, that's true, but we talked about the article <laughs> and the same like I think a lot of games also do ha- that aren't explicitly horror have horror aspects. 
in a lot of ways yeah. and, and can do that well. Like, I don't think of Half-Life as being a horror game, but it kind of is. Yeah, it definitely has moments to, like, build attention and stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of... Um, and Half-Life, of course, is inspired by my favorite horror movie, Alien. Um, and and so that that's probably why I enjoy Half-Life 1 so much, and a little more than Half-Life 2 in terms of, like, atmosphere and, and um, tension. I think Half-Life 1 does that a little better because Half-Life 2 was such, like, an action-y show-off thing, and, and that's its own thing, too. But yeah. You could say that Half-Life 2 is the aliens to Half-Life's alien. It it really is. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good point to make. Um I was playing Dead Space for a bit, but I just didn't really enjoy it. God, right. So literally everyone I know including myself is playing Dead Space at the moment. Yeah, it's October is spooky time. <laughs> yeah. Um It's like what's a spooky game? was dead space so everyone does dead space i need to get i want to get back to it but i just i kind of bounced off of it probably because i had already played i remember i played i played it at a friend's place and i just played through like as much as i could in a Mm. day and then i i felt like i was going back through stuff that i had already done (laughs) when i went back to play it so i played i played the demo on the ps3 and didn't like how it controlled mm-hmm. with a controller. And then I got it on PC, and I apparently played 22 minutes of it, but I don't remember doing it. So I started again. Are you playing it with mouse and keyboard? Yeah. Apparently it's got some like weird mouse stuff. Like, apparently the mouse acceleration's a bit odd. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, I tried playing Resident Evil 4 with mouse aiming, and that was not enjoyable to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. After so, now that we've repeated both Mark Brown's video on lives and our last podcast, let's get into <laughs> uh, the games of the decade. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to know my games of the last decade, I have an hour and a half long video about it, so you can go watch that. So we're mostly here just to talk about what games you like. To be honest. Oh, okay. Um. So, do we, what's a game you like that came out in the last decade? Uh, do we want to go by, like, years? Like, do, like, like start at 2010, and then... Do you have one for every year? I I don't have a definitive list, but... Yeah, I can, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I'm, like, not in a particular... I can... Like, I'm not, like, super bothered by it, so just, like, any game that you liked in the last 10 years, we could just talk about it. Okay, um... <laughs> Can, can we go from from 2010 onward? Because I don't I don't know how prepared I was to to just like go right into. Yeah, no, if you want, that's fine. Um, so so what was your you you did a thing, yeah. right? I did I did do a thing. And you did your your top games of the decade, but you did it by year, right? Yeah, I did it in reverse order. Okay, so I started at 2019 and ended at 2010. Yeah. That was actually mostly just for the sake of, like, I had already written my 2019 video, so that was the easiest one. Right. And then I was just like, oh, well, that one's already done, so I might as well just go backwards now. So yeah, 2010, I like I said that Nier was my favorite game of that year. Nier? I, see, I, I, I don't think I've ever played... I haven't played the original Nier. It's so good. I love uh, Automata, and I'm probably going to 
unless it's bad, I'm probably going to pick up the um the remaster, the replica. The remaster, yeah. The only the only thing that's different is that replicant is uh, based on the brother version. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is the brother version, isn't it? It's the same thing, but it's not like a big deal. It just changes a little bit of the context. I think we talked about Bayonetta enough um, yeah. in the preamble. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it in 2010. I I mean, I think, like I said, I I came to this, well, like, not quite prepared to just okay. go in for my favorite games of the decade. But just looking at a list of, like, some of the, the games that you chose in the best one, I'd go with Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. See, so I put Red Dead Redemption on my list because... I did like it. I understand that it's important, but I don't really like it all that much. Like, I realize I've just said I liked it, but I don't like it. I just like, I thought it was good. Yeah. But I was like, not overly enthralled with it. And I was like, I, I don't have the same reaction to it as everybody else does is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't gone back to Red Dead in a while. Yeah. Um. So it might be nostalgia talking. Because mm-hmm. um, you got to remember in, in 2010, I was eight <laughs> and I, I don't think i played red dead in 2010 played it when i was a bit older than eight but yeah it was it was one of those games that i would always like my my dad played it a lot and he would just hunt all yeah. he would do in red dead is hunt he didn't play the game he didn't play yeah. the, i think he did play the story i don't know if he ever finished it but all he would do was hunt and this past year, he bought Red Dead 2, and all he did was hunt. <laughs> and and so those memories are probably what, what are making me, me think about it. If, if I were to say what is probably the most enjoyable game, it, would, it might be Fallout New Vegas. So th- it was actually very close for me between New Vegas and Nier. Like, if you talk about sheer time, I've spent so much more time in Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, I mean, it's also a, a much bigger game than Nier. Yeah, but I mean, like, than just about any other game. Like, like proportionally, yeah. Yeah, like, I've spent so much time in New Vegas because it was just so good. It was just, It's the best Fallout game. Like, I still don't care. Like, other people argue against that for all reasons. No, it it, it is the best. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, like, I, I understand why people like 1 and 2, but it's just not really my sort of thing. I enjoyed 1. I still haven't played 2. Yeah. Whereas, like, New Vegas was... The stuff I liked about three, but just overall better. It ran kind of like shit. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it was better at first. It, it picked it up, um, and and like any Bethesda game or any RPG like that, um, you can mod the hell out of it and yeah. fix a lot of those. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. I'm looking. Deadly Premonition is yeah. great. Uh, that was 2010, but I don't. I wouldn't put that on favorites. I have like multiple copies of it, but I've never actually played it. <laughs> yeah, 2010 was an interesting year. There's a lot of games in 2010 that I've always heard really good things about and never got around to. Yeah, like Mass Effect 2, uh, Halo Reach. I just got around to recently. Mm-hmm. Alan Wake, Super Meat Boy is a game that I still haven't played. I know a lot of people like Alan Wake, and I. Like, I thought it was fine, mm-hmm. but I never ended up finishing it. I got like three or four hours in and then just sort of fell off. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles as well. It's another game that I, um, there's a, there's just a lot of games that I know are classics. I just never 
had yeah like i never had interest in or got around to if we're being honest like as i was making this list the further back we got the harder it was for me to come up with them yeah just like a lot of these are games that i played more recently Mm -hmm. and then just went back and you know games that came out in 2010 but that i actually played like way later yeah um but even then it was just like it was really hard finding games that i actually cared about from that time like there's some stuff that you've like mentioned just now that like didn't make my list which would have been pretty close like like xenoblade chronicles i only actually finished that this year right so i really liked that but like that could have gone on my list but like for only by the time i'd written all of my videos and everything i had like i'd written all of these videos way before i finished that game so mm-hmm. yeah yeah just feels weird doing that like these are the games that i cared about like around the time at least yeah that makes sense out of out of your list the only one that i i remember from that time was assassin's creed brotherhood and red dead redemption yeah uh <laughs> but i was a lot younger not yeah. a lot younger how old are you I'm 26. Okay. Yeah. So I was like 16 when all this came out. Yeah, I was I was like 8. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit different. It's 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 a bit. Um but yeah, there's a lot of good games this year that year though. Uh BioShock 2 was another really good one. Amnesia for its um talking about horror games. I mean, it's I've never played Amnesia. It, I mean, I it's not great. It just kind of yeah. started a lot when it came to, like, indie horror games. Mm-hmm. And it, like, really had, like, a big place in, like, early YouTube stuff. Yes. Oh, huge. Um, going from that into 2011, uh, you have a lot of games in 2011 that came out. And and your list is, is pretty packed. Uncharted 3 is great. One of my favorite yeah. games, period. Portal 2 made your list. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, I think for me in 2011, I still haven't played Dark Souls 1. Really? Yeah, no, I still haven't. So, so that's not in my 2011 list because it's my game of the decade. It's your game of the decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think without doubt it had the most impact on like gaming and like just culture as a whole of like pretty much any game in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to argue. Like, I, I can see people saying that it's not their game of the decade because they liked other games more than it. Mm-hmm. But I think when you take into account, like, the, the culture around it and, like, the impact that it's had, it's hard to argue that anything else is more uh, more important than it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I can't believe you didn't include Duke Nukem Forever on your list in 2011, though. Yeah, it was an oversight. Okay. It was an oversight. Oh. I should make an entire new list, um, like, top ten duke nukem games and just put that in it 10 times or harry potter and the deathly hallows part two the video game i didn't even know that i got a game <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> see this is what i want to i want to look at the weird like sort of notable games but <laughs> that that's what's fun to me about looking back at, at different years um cause there's a lot of tie-in games green lantern Spider-Man, Edge of Time, Thor, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. The, the Transformers, oh no, that's the movie game, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking about the Cybertron games. The Cybertron games are supposed to be really good. Cars 2, the game. Captain America, the first Avenger. I remember that. 
Pirates of the Caribbean Lego. <laughs> There's a lot of licensed games in 2011. A lot of licensed games every year. Yeah, but, well... Actually, they've somewhat started dying off recently, haven't they? Recently, yeah. We've been getting things... It's because they've all moved to mobile. Yeah. Like, you get, like, John Wick Go or whatever. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's made by an actual person. Is it? Is it good? Is the John Wick mobile game good? I don't know if it's supposed to be good. <laughs> but it's made by a human being, you're saying? Yeah, well, what I mean is it's made by, um, pretty sure it's Mike Bithell. Oh, like a designer. It's not just, like, made. Yeah, like, it's like an actual, like, yeah, it's Mike Bithell, who's the, um, you did Thomas Was Alone. Oh, okay. And Volume. Okay, yeah. And some more of the things. I'm just looking because I know there's something else that I'm thinking of right now. The other thing as well is that he actually um, he lives in Manchester. So I'm just like aware of him because he's nearby. <laughs> so I think for 2011, probably, I really should have thought of a game of the decade before this. Um, it, for 2011, like um, it's probably going to have to be Uncharted 3 for me. Like a, a lot of people like don't like the Uncharted games just because of like the sort of like more cinematic nature. I mean, I got tired of them. Yeah. I'm I was happy with 4 being like the the kind of closure to that series. Yeah. I need to play Lost Legacy still, but that's really just a 4 DLC that got its own. Yeah. It, it's it's the same as um Left Behind Lost for Last of Us where it's like yeah, or ODST or they called them Expandalones now. Is that that's a dumb name. I don't like that. Well, it's because they are standalone games and expansions. Yeah. That's kind of what Miles Morales is, right? Yeah. Well, no, because Miles Morales is... Miles Morales you can't get as DLC. Whereas, like, the Left, left Behind you could get as a standalone game or as DLC for Last of Us. Yeah, but you couldn't get um, Lost Legacy No, as DLC for, for Uncharted 4. I didn't know you could do that for Left Behind. Yeah, yeah, you could um, you could choose which to do, and it changed the download size when you installed it. That's interesting. Because if it was if it was the DLC version, it used the assets that already existed in the game, whereas if it wasn't, it had to download new assets for itself and stuff. That makes sense. Um, was Bastion on your list? Yeah, yeah, number five. I wasn't a big fan of Bastion when I picked it up. Just to clarify as well, like if you watch my videos or read my list or whatever i don't know how you can read mm -hmm. my list but if you watch my videos um the list isn't in order of how much i like them the list is just in order of release date okay so like for 2011 it's vs. capcom 3 portal 2 infamous 2 uh earth defense force insect armageddon bastion uncharted 3 elder scores 5 skyrim assassin's creed violations and minecraft that's just because that's the order they came out in that year okay I have the like video pulled up and I I pulled it to the end where it right before yeah. your game of the decade stuff so I'm just looking at the list. Yeah, that's fine. Uncharted 3 is great. Is a great game. Yeah. I don't think it quite holds up and this might be nostalgia it might hold up better in different aspects but I don't think it's quite as good as 2. I remember getting really tired partway through 2. Maybe that's just I never played one. Two was the first Uncharted I ever saw. And and two, like, blew me away as a kid. So I remember not liking one. Yeah, I, I went back to one, like, way later, and I didn't enjoy it either. <laughs> I played all of them in order. I even have um, 
like it's on here later in one of the other lists in one of the i think it's the 2014 list but i even have the vita game yeah golden abyss yeah it's it's actually pretty good like it's, it's surprisingly good for a vita game is what i'm getting at like for for a launch title vita game especially um but no like i really didn't like one whereas two was pretty good but i remember getting tired part way through and then three i'm trying to remember what of three i even remember like i know i enjoyed it but it's like i'm trying to think of like individual aspects of it and i can't bring any to memory for three yeah the the thing about three that i remember the most is the um when you're chasing down a caravan on horseback right just a cool segment and then the airplane thing like that's all i remember about three. Oh yeah right no i remember now i remember now i was getting uh, oh and then the intro um where you go into the bar with like the new dude who's totally not jason statham yeah no so like when you when you said about the airplane i remember three now i yeah. think i was getting stuck in my head with, with one you know the the bit at the end of one where you're on the boat and you're like driving around the city that's full of water yeah yeah like i was just stuck on that in my head and i couldn't think past it <laughs> but no i remember three now but yeah the intro to three is really interesting to me because uh they show off all those um like different contextual things in fist fights, which I thought was really cool. Um, like if you back a dude against a pool table, you'll like Nathan Drake will automatically grab a pool cue, you know, and all that, that sort of stuff was, was really interesting. I'm just kind of Googling list of list of games in year and seeing yeah. what, what gets pulled up. And I like going to the back and seeing like the weird games that are notable, but not <laughs> notable enough to be good. I was just saying like, that was actually one of the issues I had is that I did that to remind myself of games that came out in certain years. Yeah. And that was how I ended up like fucking up one of my years. Um, Cause I put mini Metro on my list for 2014 and it didn't actually come out in 2014. It came out in 2015. Oh, but- the list I was looking at said it came out in 2014 for some reason. And there's just like loads of little things like that where it's like... It's interesting. I think it I think it was like it got announced in 2014 and then they put it as it got released that year. Or it was like early access or some shit like that. Oh, okay. It was a... Yeah. Um, so for 2012, uh, if you go to the back of the list, you have Doctor Who, The Eternity Clock, the uh, yeah. <laughs> the WiiWare game. I remember seeing that. Uh, Epic Mickey, The Power of Two, that no one remembers, because no one barely even remembers Epic Mickey 1. That was supposed to be pretty good, but it just did not sell. Yeah. I think I think I have it, actually. I, I always wanted it as a kid. I'm pretty sure I've got a copy. So I didn't... There's a, a lot of games in 2012 that I just did not play. Yeah. There's a, a lot... I mean, I played Assassin's Creed 3 a lot. Um, in terms of what game in 2012 I've played the most, probably Borderlands 2. Ugh, I just don't like Borderlands 2. I don't either, in in retrospect, but I played a lot of it. Well, I, I really liked the first Borderlands, and then I've yeah. bought two. And we talked about this last month, didn't we? Did we? I think we did. I, I probably may well have done. <laughs> but I was just like, two and the pre-sequel just aren't very good. Yeah, we either. T- I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. It gets to be a, it gets to be an issue after a while because, like, we just end up having the same conversations all the time. It yeah, just a little bit. It's one of the recording once a month. Yeah, that that is the problem with. Um, 
Fez was really cool. I was, I wish I could like Fez as much as everyone else likes Fez. Yeah, I think I played about half an hour of Fez and then just never touched it again. Yeah, exactly. Again, just from my cursory glance at what you have and what else came out that year, probably FTL. Yeah, gonna be would be like one of my favorite games that came out this year. I still play FTL. Yeah, like I play FTL for a little bit each year, pretty much. FTL's really good. I've I've still never beaten it. No, I haven't either. I've gotten up to I've gotten up to the final ship. Yeah, multiple times. Me too. And I just can't beat it. It's so hard. That's another topic we've talked about before. I I don't get how you can plan well enough. No, I just don't get how you can plan well enough to have enough resources to be able to kill it. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, I I don't think I've ever beaten a roguelike game that I any of the roguelike games that I love. <laughs> the only roguelike game I've ever beaten was Rogue Legacy. I haven't even. I never played Rogue Legacy. It's really good. Um, and it's like it's one of those ones where it goes quite heavy on the like permanent progression between lives. Mm-hmm. So like each like you're playing like generations of a family basically. So like you die. And then you can spend, I think, I think it's after you die. It's either after you die or after you come, like, leave the, leave the castle. Something like that. I can't remember. But you can, like, spend to upgrade the town, which upgrades, like, what you go in the castle with and stuff. And then you can also find, like, I think you find, like, warp rooms and stuff, which make it easier to get around the castle. And then it just makes it, like, a lot more, like, straight shots to bosses after that. And it, like, it plays really heavily into the, like, actual progression yeah rather than just the roguelike elements so i end up liking it a lot more that's interesting yeah, yeah 2012 looked like a kind of dry here um you got what do you got on there uncharted golden abyss that was the vita one right yeah diablo 3 i played some diablo 3 it's it's not very good i just kind of like it yeah it's it's good i like it i like playing the demon hunter more than anything was the point yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> Far Cry 3 was really good. Um, every Far Cry after it became... Basically just Far Cry 3, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. 2013, we got Rogue Legacy. Yeah, which, as I've just said, is really good. Bioshock Infinite. Uh, I still feel kind of conflicted about Infinite. Like, I really like it, but a lot of people make fun of it for its ending. Metro Last Light came out in 2013. Oh, did it? You said you played that recently. Would you consider that in your list now that you've played it? No, probably okay. not. <laughs> like, it's definitely good. I wouldn't say it was better than any of the things on my list, though. Guacamelee was pretty fun. I never finished it. I just kind of bounced off of it. Mm-hmm. I've finished both of them. One is way better than two. Yeah, I think we talked about this before. <laughs> I, I, I've made it clear how much I dislike Guacamelee 2 before. I never, I never ended up playing Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon's really good, and especially if you just want a sort of short Far Cry experience. Because I didn't have, I didn't have internet. I didn't have home internet at that time. Right, okay. So any games that I had, I just couldn't get the DLCs. That's why I never played um, Left Behind yeah. for The Last of Us, or the uh, DLCs for Infinite either. <laughs> Were those good? Oh yeah, I've, I've not done those actually either. No, I've never got around to those. Them. Are the ones that are in Rapture, right? Yeah, I have them on the ps3 version and i have a pc version with all of them and i've just never got around to doing it Mm -hmm. uh black flag assassin's creed black flag yeah i hate that game probably one of my my favorites yeah i know i know it is a lot of people's but i hate it. a lot of people like it i just have a lot of good memories for it i so 
my thing is it's a good game it's not a very good assassin's creed game it's a very good game about boats and i don't want a game about boats i want assassin's creed and that's what it was it was like a ba- i've mentioned this i think i made an assassin's creed tier list uh i mentioned it there i'm pretty sure but i see that as a backdoor pilot for skull and bones that still hasn't come out oh yeah it it totally was one day that game will come out um wolf among us was 2013 that game was i really enjoyed that out of all the telltale games that's one of my favorites yeah i know i know people really like that and i would like to play it at some point but i just don't really like any of the telltale games to be honest i just don't like that style yeah so so why did metal gear rising revengeance not make your list oh because i've never played it (laughs) oh okay that's a valid reason then (laughs) yeah like i i have a copy and i think i played the first i think i did the metal gear ray fight and I think that's it. I just never went back after that. It's a good game. I enjoy it. A yeah, lot. I, like, I, it's one of those things where it's like it's just one of the games that like I intend to play and have never gotten around to. Yeah, Pokemon Y was was really good. If I'm gonna have to pick like out of the ones that you picked, which one was my favorite in 2013? Probably a Link Between Worlds. Yeah, because a Link to, Between Worlds is ostensibly my favorite uh, Zelda game. Like yeah. period. I liked it. I just found it a bit easy. Yeah, that's true. Like, I didn't die once, which it's weird because, like, I'm not, it's not like I expect my Zelda games to be really difficult, mm-hmm. but I was just constantly surprised by how easy I found it. Yeah, that's, that's true. It is, like, really good, though. And then Last of Us is, I mean, Last of Us 1 is a great game. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Still need to actually play two. I don't need to play two. I can just keep the memory of one in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really, I, I do actually want to play two, but I just have this thing, which I, I, again, I know I've talked about before, but I just have no urge to actually touch it. Yeah, I don't either. I have no interest in it. <laughs> There's also DMC Devil May Cry. That came out in 2013. <laughs> yeah, that sure is a video game. Uh, Gone Home. How do you feel about games like Gone Home? Uh, I have definitely spoken about this before. Gone Home was really good. Tacoma is better. Oh, yeah. But it's also, like, a different experience, kind of. So, like, I don't think there is, like, directly comparable as it makes it sound to just say this one's better. Yeah. Like, I really... I played Tacoma first, actually, and then played Gone Home. And I really liked both of them. I find Gone Home to be a little boring. I didn't (laughs) compared to like other games like that that i enjoyed i played in quite quick succession i played tacoma i played tacoma gone home and dear esther Mm -hmm. okay that didn't come out right dear esther and i hated yeah i hated that like it's honestly one of the worst things i've ever played like i desperately hated my time with it I don't get why people like it as much as they do. Like, I I honestly have nothing else to say about it. I just really desperately disliked that game. I get that one mixed up with uh, Edith Finch. Edith Finch is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, Edith Finch is more recent, I've heard so. a lot of good things about Edith Finch, yeah. Yeah. Like, I would like to do that at some point, but I've never got around to it. Did the people who did Dear Esther do Everybody's Gone to the Rapture as well? Yes, they did. Right. Because that's also supposed to be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> i just i just apparently don't like games made by the chinese room is that the name of the developers yeah i thought you just said you don't like games made by the chinese uh, i have limited experience with games made by the chinese but so far i haven't particularly liked any of them 
Yeah, I, I can't think of any Chinese developed games besides the fact that like Tencent owns a good portion of Capcom. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what does Tencent not own at this yeah. point? It's like uh, Genshin Impact is sort of Chinese, Japanese. I'd say yeah. because they have offices in both. I didn't really like that. <laughs> Everybody's playing it. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people really seem to like it, and I just don't get it. I feel absolutely nothing when I touch it. Like, I've played it, like, for a video and for my stream and that, and I've, like, played it for a bit, and I just don't feel anything when I touch it. It just leaves me feeling nothing, and I just have no desire to ever play it again. So 2014 was another year with some less-than-stellar releases, I think. Um... You have, let's see what you, Ali Ali is a great game. Yeah. I, I, Ali is good. That game is awesome. Mini Metro is also really good. Yeah. Mini Metro is honestly one of my favorite games, and there's a sequel coming out this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually already out if you're on Apple Arcade, but it's coming to Steam later this year. Oh, I should check that out. I have Apple Arcade. Yeah, it's called, Mi- I think it's Mini Motorways. Okay, yeah. It's about cars this time. <laughs> Uh, Transistor, trying to look at some of the other, like, smaller games that came out that year. Oh, yeah, so that's another thing, actually, is that um, at the point where I made this list, I hadn't finished Transistor. Mm -hmm. Which actually goes back to show you just how long ago I made this list, because I finished Transistor at the end of last year. (laughs) And this video didn't come out until, what, like, July? September. Not the 2014 one, I mean, sorry. Oh, the not the decade video I'm looking at. The yeah, not the actual full decade list. The 2014 individual list, I think, came out in July. That's right. And I had finished the game by that point, but I didn't want to update my list. Yeah, 2014 doesn't have a lot of great games for me. Mario Kart 8 is a big one for me, at least, in terms of what I played a lot. I've never been big on Mario Kart games. Double Dash is my favorite. Double Dash is good. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry 4, I mean, all of Far Cry 3, 4, and 5 are all really solid games. So I have, like, issues with 5, just because Ubisoft do this, like, fucking stupid thing in 5, where if you do too many of the side quests, like, side mission type stuff, you get locked out of actual missions. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is dumb. I remember that. It, right, so it bothered me so much that I finished the first area and then have never touched it since because I can't decide if I want to just restart the game and only do the missions or if I just want to not care and just do the rest of it. I just think it's such a stupid thing to choose. Metro 2023 or 2033 got the Redux got made in, in 2014. That's what I played recently. Yes. Yeah, was the, the Redux. Shovel Knight technically released in 2014, I think. Okay. Or... I don't actually like Shovel Knight all that much. Oh, do you not? I, I don't think it's bad at all. It's just like not my sort of thing. See, I'm just kind of going down some lists and seeing what you think about some of these games that you, you didn't include. Yeah, that's fine. I, I I have like no feelings for like Mega Man or anything. Mm-hmm. So Shovel Knight didn't hit me on any of the like nostalgia sort of stuff. So I was just like, this is pretty good. But that was like it. Yeah, see, I'm in a weird position where like... Where I grew up, I, I probably grew up more so playing Shovel Knight than Mega Man. Yeah. So I'm going to have nostalgia as a kid for Shovel Knight instead of Mega Man. Yeah, there's uh, Dark Souls 2, right? 
That game was... I played that one for a bit. It was alright. Yeah, 2's pretty good. 2 gets, like, a bad rap because it's not 1. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, like, practically a different game. It's a different director, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like it should be Dark Souls 2. Yeah. It is just a different game that functions the same way. The games don't have any, like, particularly strong, like, what's the word? Like, continuity? Until you get to 3, really? And even then in 3, it's only really in the like DLC areas where everything merges together. Yeah. So if you were to ignore that, they're basically completely different games. And like I say, they're only tied together in some DLC for the third game. So it's weird saying this shouldn't be the second game because it's not like there's any particular reason why it should or shouldn't, but it just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it is, like I said, it is a different, um, a bit of a different team than the first. Yeah. Like 3 had a much more... Three had the same director as one, right? Yeah. And and two had a... So the level design even feels different. Yeah. It's like the level design, like the the, the like actual feel of stuff is different. Um, the the like aesthetics of the world are very different. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's bad, and it uses all the same rules, and I, I actually have played more of two than I have of one. It's the, uh, it's the DMC2 kind of thing, except it's not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unless you have any other games you want to talk about for 2014. Uh, well, I just want to say that I really want a sequel to Freedom Wars. I fucking love Freedom Wars. It's so good. Oh, yeah? I never... I don't even know what, what that is. Freedom Wars is a Vita-exclusive hunting game. Oh, okay. It's kind of a hunting game, but it's also kind of not. Like Monster Hunter? It's that sort of thing, where it's like a team of people against one big monster. Mm-hmm. But it's also like different in that it's more sort of like like you choose your fight but you get like put in an arena with the monster and then it's more just fighting the monster in that arena okay it's less like a contiguous world than like a monster hunter i don't know i've never played monster hunter either so i well monster hunters are all like in monster hunter part of it is finding the enemy in the in the areas you're in right yeah yeah you get into you get put into a map and then you hunt the different areas until you find the monster and then you fight the monster and the monster flees to a different area and you go and fight it. In Freedom Wars, it is literally just you are put in the one room where the monster is and you fight the monster and that's like pretty much it. Mm-hmm. There's like other stuff you can do, like there's certain missions where you're like sneaking around a base and there's certain missions where you um like I think you're like rescuing civilians from areas and stuff. Yeah, but it's just it just plays really good. And there's like a lot of different play styles to choose from. And then you have a thing called the Thorn, where it's like like an arm-mounted grappling hook, kind of. Okay. Well, you can also use it to like... So you can use it to like launch it and like grapple onto the enemies and then like fly to them and start hitting like weak spots on them. But you can also use it to like tie them down to the floor to stop them moving and stuff. That sounds interesting. And there's just like so much... It's, it's so good. And like... You, it's called Freedom Wars because you are a prisoner and you have like a million year sentence. But every mission you go out on, instead of like getting paid for it, you get time taken off your sentence and you're trying to work your way down to being free. And it's just so good. But it ends on like, it ends on like kind of a cliffhanger. And then it's been six years and we're never going to get a sequel. And uh, that's, that's no good. Yeah. It's like a really good game and it just didn't get the appreciation it deserves. And I want more of it. <laughs> so moving on to 2015 
uh, I'm going to straight up say my game of 2015 and possibly, possibly a huge contender for game of the decade is Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I see a lot of people saying Bloodborne for the decade one as well. Like I can understand. One of my favorite games of all time, like period. (laughs) Bloodborne is so good, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is probably why they didn't have the same team working on Dark Souls 2, which came out just a year before. Yeah, pretty much. Because Miyazaki did uh, Bloodborne. Yeah, because they were probably working on Bloodborne at the time. Yeah. Uh, Transformers Devastation, we talked about that a little earlier. That's the Platinum one. That game's great. Mm -hmm. It's really good. 2064, we've talked about that before, I think, but that game's interesting. I don't want to play it again. I think that was both of our takes, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of cool. I never want to touch it. Yeah. Undertale. How how do you feel about Undertale? Uh, I've never actually played it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I watched the playthrough that they did on the channel. Yeah. And I just never actually got around to playing it myself. It's a it's a really good game. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, We can get into the conversation of like, oh, it's a good game, but it's a bad audience. I don't even really think it has a bad audience, yeah. I think. I just think it's a, a pretty good game that got popular and people got mad that it was popular. Yeah. Oh, that's um, a lot where like sometimes things just get so popular that people get angry they even exist. Yes. <laughs> um, did you play Life is Strange? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, good. Because uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm surprised to see some games, some, some of the bigger games missing from your 2015, especially... Um, and we might we might have talked about this before, but like Metal Gear Solid Five, I think you have you're not a big fan of Metal Gear Solid Five, right? Uh, I'm, I've not played any Metal Gear games. Oh, okay. Yeah. I own them all, but I've never actually gotten around to playing any of them. For whatever reason, I thought you weren't a big fan of Metal Gear. I don't know why I thought that. No, I um I got uh, Ground Zeroes and Fountain Pain on release. You just never played it, and just never touched them because because like I never played. The rest of them and i have the uh the box set collection for the mm-hmm. ps3 of the other ones yeah yeah i do too and i've just i just like never got around to actually playing any of them and because of that i have no strong opinions like everything i understand is just like from like cultural osmosis and stuff yeah um so speaking of another series that um is very popular and came out like uh witcher 3 also came out in 2015 how, how are you feeling about the witcher yeah i've not played that either i've, I've not played it I played it and then bounced off uh, very hard. So I played The Witcher and bounced off really hard. Ah, yeah. And then I bought two and I've never got around to buying three. And like at some point I would like to play them, but I don't know when that will be. It's actually one of the reasons why I'm so excited for Cyberpunk is because like I'm interested in their style of game. Mm -hmm. But there's never been a new CD Projekt game that has come out at a time when i could play it yeah that makes sense so now there is oh actually just i I think i mentioned this last time but that game also comes out on the same day as the ps5 over here that's right yeah (laughs) and like the same week as um there's something else that comes out right around that time hyrule warriors age of calamity comes out the day after as well yeah i'm getting i'm getting somewhere between seven and nine games within three days that week it's uh it's gonna be pretty busy oh yeah <laughs> let's see what, uh any opinions on splatoon uh, yeah i like splatoon Splatoon's cool i didn't play it much i still didn't have internet at that time 
I just don't like playing games online. Yeah, I couldn't, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of just multiplayer in general. Neither am I, um, mostly because I haven't. But my wife was a big fan, and like I like the music and stuff. Uh, yeah. There, just speaking of Splatoon for a second, there is one song on um, on the Jules 4, and every time I hear it, all I think of is Splatoon. Which one is it? Uh, it's Out of Sight. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Just every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, it's Splatoon. And it just, like, it was actually one of the reasons why I didn't like the song at first. Not because it was bad, but just because every time I heard it, all I would think of was Splatoon. And it was just getting over that association until I could actually start liking the song. Yeah. Did you ever play Soma, speaking of horror games? Uh, no, I've not. I just watched people play it. I watched people play it as well, yeah. I do like that they have that, um, they have a mode in it where the monsters can't hurt you. Right, if you want to... Did we talk about this last time when we talked about horror games? Probably. Am I going crazy, or... I feel yeah. like... Now I, I feel like every time we say something, my brain is, is checking to think if we've talked about it last time, yeah. and I can't actually do that. <laughs> I can't wait until we get to a podcast in, like, a year, and it's literally just the same podcast again, like, word yeah. for word. That's gonna be... Hey, do you want to talk about J.K. Rowling again? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Fuck Tufts. Her Story. Did you play that? I really enjoyed Her Story. Uh, no, I didn't. I never got around to it. Again, I watched people play it. I got it on, like, mobile. I got, Yeah, I got it on my phone and played it. It's. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting detective-y game, FMV game. This was around that, like, after that, you saw a lot of FMV games kind of come back. Yeah, I remember. There was a, they made another one, the same company. Yeah, it was uh the same the same uh Sam Barlow I think is the dude's yeah. name. Uh, he did a War Games like the movie War Games. All right. Okay. Um, or at least he's I know he's working on a uh, a War Games type of game like that. Okay. Um, and War Games is a cool movie. Yeah. I like Matthew Broderick. Uh, the only thing I've like I think I've ever actually consciously seen him in was the Godzilla film. So. You haven't seen a uh, Ferris Bueller? No. I guess that's a much more American thing than. Yeah, like I, I understand its cultural importance, but it's like not something I've ever actually seen. You want to move on to 2016? Uh, yeah, kind of. Oh, I, I'll just say Xenoblade Chronicles X is really good. It's the best Xenoblade Chronicles game out of the t- three, three. Three now. Yeah. There's three. There's three and two pieces of DLC that do different things, but yeah, it's the best one. Oh, man, 2016 was a good year for games, I think. Yeah, yeah, 2016 was pretty strong. I think we missed, I think we missed talking about Superhot. That definitely would have been a contender. I don't know where I missed that, but I'm seeing Superhot VR in the list of 2016, so I know I missed Superhot before. But... I don't know, this is just Superhot. It should just be Superhot unless I got the logo wrong. Okay, I might, this list might just be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's very possible. But um, that, that's one thing that, like, doing these lists the more recent years were so much harder to like nail down yes definitely well actually like actually no every year was hard to nail down but for different reasons like the like basically after 2015 it was really hard because there was too much to choose from Mm -hmm. and before 2015 it was hard because there was so little to choose from (laughs) that's that's a that's a good point do you play a lot of overwatch i did for a bit i did too uh and then just like not for a while like i played it a lot on release and i say a lot i'm talking like 
20 hours on release and i liked it but like i actually i've i've told this story a lot the only reason that i bought overwatch was because i really liked tracer i just really enjoyed her mechanic and that is the only reason i bought the game at all so yeah i played it for a bit on my own and then i stopped and then when i started doing my masters the people who were on like who i was on the team with one of them wanted to get the other guy into overwatch so we all started playing together again and then for about a year straight we just played overwatch all the time Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of funny like i i played a lot with them then the guy who started playing overwatch played a lot and then i think they sort of fell off and the person who wasn't into overwatch at the start ended up making grandmaster (laughs) (laughs) like they just ended up doing like really well and they've got like multiple accounts now where they like have like smurfs and like run serious games and shit like so for a little perspective for you, 2016 was my freshman year in high school, pretty much. So that actually means nothing to me, but I understand. Yeah, it was my first year in high school. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the terminology, we just don't use over it. I knew what you meant okay. before. Wow. Persona 5 came out when I was beginning high school, and now I'm 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 done with high school. Yeah. Uh, time is scary. Yeah, oh God. Oh no. This year seems to have gone so fast. What about uh, Battleborn? <laughs> Did you play Battleborn? No, I didn't play Battleborn. I do own Battleborn. I can't say that. Because I think it was free in a Humble Bundle one time. Ah. I think the most important thing that happened with Battleborn is when Randy was tweeting about don't look at Battleborn porn. Yeah, that's probably the most attention it's ever got. <laughs> it was like, the, he's just like, don't look at the Battleborn Rule 34 Reddit because it has Battleborn porn, and that is bad. It's like, why are you saying But didn't he also link it yeah. in the tweet where he said that? Yeah, like, the, the assumption is, and from the tweet, and, like, if you clicked on the Reddit around the time when he posted it, it very much looks like some Gearbox employee started the Reddit, posted about 10 pictures, <laughs> and then he tweeted, don't look at this, just to try and drive traffic for the game. <laughs> Oh, man. Because they were like, oh, well, it's working for Overwatch, so it must work for us as well. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because, like, at the time when he said it, there was, like, ten posts on the entire subreddit. I, I, I remember I remember when that, that kind of happened. Oh, that was when Randy Pitchford was really in the news. Yeah. Like, that was back when Randy Pitchford was in the news for just being a bit weird, as opposed to potentially being a pedophile. <laughs> oh, no. I suppose we should say allegedly being a pedophile. 2016, we got Titanfall 2, one of the best movement shooters, one of my favorite first-person shooters, period. Yeah. I've played it, like, four times in the past. Like, I I only played it recently, like, over the summer. Yeah. And I played it twice in a row. Like, I beat it, and then I immediately played it again. Yeah, I think there's only three or four games I've ever done that with. One of them was Mass Effect. Mass Effect 1? Yeah, because I did a um, a Paragon and a Renegade run, just back-to-back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Inside. Inside was really good. Yeah. Inside is way better than Limbo. Yes. Big, big true, that statement is. They released that thing last year. You remember they, they, they released, like, the the Flesh Blob last year? The what? Like, you could buy it. Oh, like, as a plush or something? No, like, <laughs> they made it out of... Um, you know, like the the like fake flesh that they make like sex dolls out of. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, they made one out of that. 
That's and it was a, like a collector's edition you could buy. Okay, at least last year. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Final Fantasy 15 because we've we talked about Final Fantasy 15 last week. Yeah, or last month. Yeah. <laughs> and I also don't want to talk about Super Hot because. We've spoken about that. We've spoken about that. And you've got an entire video about... I've got an entire video talking about Super Hot. It's good. It's a great game. It's one of my favorites of all time. It's another contender for Game of the Decade for me. Yeah. Dark Souls 3 is really good. Uncharted 4, I think, is probably the best out of the series, even though 2 is my favorite. That's just nostalgia making 2 my favorite. I think 4 is probably my favorite. I think 2 has some great atmosphere. Yeah. And it's definitely got some like really good set pieces, like the train, obviously. Two has great set pieces, but it's also like the pacing is 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 really good. Even though you mm-hmm. might disagree with me because you said it got bad in the middle, and it's been a while. I just remember being tired, but I don't. It might be a, a long. It's been a while since I've played two. Yeah. I I need to. I've been meaning to. I wanted to make a video go like a retrospective. Yeah. But I don't have a good setup to record my PlayStation. Yeah. So that's stopping me from that. I never played Firewatch. I always meant to. Firewatch is really good. It's always a game I wanted to get around to. I just never did. Yeah, like I got to Firewatch late, but it is really good. I didn't think I would like it. And then I ended up really enjoying it and playing through it in like basically a day. So then we also there's a I played Hitman recently, like the the reboot that came out in 2016. That game's great. I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm, I should, I meant to make a video on that too. I just didn't <laughs> want to record it. I got yeah. that. I didn't want, like, I didn't want to make that feel like work. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to enjoy Hitman. It's like, we've, we've had this conversation before where we have the opposite feelings about making videos where I don't want to make videos cause I hate writing mm-hmm. and you don't want to make videos cause you hate recording. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd rather just write about a game. See, that's. We need to find a way to, to like make that work for both of us, but uh-huh. I don't we don't like working with other people. <laughs> well, it's like I'm I'm fine with working with other people, I just worry about it constantly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like clearly we're both okayed working with other people because we have a podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Did you play The Witness? Oh, right. So um yes, and I don't like it. I, I, I played I played a bit of The Witness and I just remember getting so incredibly angry at it. Cause it's not it's not fun to me. So I don't like The Witness. I don't like Return of the Obra Dinn. I don't like games that use, what is it, like deductive reasoning. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Because I get to these points where I'm like, I play it and I think I understand what's going on and then it's not right. But my issue is, is that when the game uses deductive reasoning, it wants you to work out what the issue is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My issue is I will work out what I think the issue is then that proves to not be true. And then I have no idea where to go from that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have reached this understanding, but this is somehow wrong. Where have I gone wrong? And then I just end up getting angry. And that's why I don't like The Witness. And that's why I don't like uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. Oh, I think... So I'm looking at some games in 2016. <laughs> and um, I was going to say that Titanfall 2 was my favorite game from that year. Yeah, but Hyperlight Drifter might might take it because that game is just okay. beautiful. Yeah, I know a lot of people really like that. I I didn't think it was bad or anything. I just like I played it for a bit, and it's just not something I ever really felt like going back to. Yeah, I played it around. I played it right after it released on Switch because it released on Switch 
later than it came well because it came out before the switch was released itself um so whenever it came out on switch is when i played it and i think it was on like christmas break in 2017 like right after the switch came out either that or the year after yeah. and it was just like the cozy like not cozy but it was just like i bought a bunch of switch games um because i had a bunch of christmas money and and uh e-shop cards yeah and i i bought i played that and um grease or gree whatever um did you ever play that oh yeah so i i um, i only recently did it i think i was it this year god like so this is one of the issues i've got is that i play so many games it gets hard for me to remember when i did them yes it was this year it was april yeah i finished that game this april like i really liked it and also really disliked it Mm -hmm. like there was just like I enjoyed the game overall, but there's like aspects of it where it's like, I didn't quite feel like I got what it was going for, but yeah. And it it kind of like, I kind of felt like it overstayed its welcome. Not. It is a little long. I feel like the game as a whole isn't. I feel like it's just that each section lasted a bit too long is what I'm getting at. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I played that and Hyperlight Drifter and there was another game that was like, I played all kind of in a row around the mm-hmm. holidays and it was just, it was just like very cozy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I have good memories of that and that's why I like Hyperlight drifter a lot. Okay. I want to move on to the greatest year in gaming in the decade, 2017. Yeah. 2017 is like, it was hard. And if you look at my list, half of the games on my list came out within two weeks. Yeah. 2017 was ridiculous and oh yeah like fucking what was it march 2017 is just like it was just broken it was just broken like how how do you do like the reason i have never actually finished near automata is because so much came out that week yeah like those two weeks that it just fell through the cracks and i only picked it back up again this year there was so many that was such a, a great year we got games like mass effect andromeda and yeah Nidhogg 2. So, like, I know people don't like <laughs> Nidhogg 2, but I also like, never heard anything about it. It's just it had a dumb art style that people didn't like. Right, okay. Uh, Observer, did you ever play that? No, I do have it, and I've heard that people like it. I've just never actually looked at it. That's like the weird cyberpunk Russian, or like, not Russian, but it's like, it's the guys who did Layers of Fear. Yeah. You familiar with that game? It's like the horror game about paintings. Yeah, I have that as well. And it's like all cyberpunk and it's got the tears and rain guy from Blade Runner. Yeah. I've never um, watched Blade Runner either. Uh, Blade Runner is good. Yeah. It's, I just it's also bad. There's <laughs> there's like four different versions of it. And that that's one of the reasons why I've never watched it is because I don't actually know which version to watch. That's that's a that neither do I. And I, I love <laughs> the movie. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven came out, but the better version of Dragon Quest Eleven didn't come out that year. Which it turns out, since the last podcast, it turns out that that game is coming to the PS4 and to the Xbox One now. Right. Yeah, we were talking about that last time. That that got announced within days of us having the conversation about it not coming out. So if you were going to include that on your list, would you include like that as the original or would you include the like better superior version in the year it came out? I... I have in in situations where stuff like that's happened. I've included the I've included the base game in the year it came out. 
Okay. Because, like, um, earlier, well, later in the list, but earlier in the conversation we've had, um, I think it was 2010, I've got StarCraft 2 in 2010. Right. That's because the first part of the trilogy of StarCraft 2 came out that year, but I don't actually like that one all that much. The one that I like is the second one, which came out in, like, 2013. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Uh, I really like Heart of the Swarm, but I was like, well, you'd need the first one to play that, so... I'd put it in in that place. So that's what I'd do in the same situation. We got arms. Did you play arms? Uh, the only arms that I played was during the beta for it. Yeah, me too. And we also, we got the switch, right? So that, I mean, that was the launch. 2017 was when the switch launched. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we got Zelda at launch. We got Mario Odyssey at holiday that year. Hollow Knight didn't come out on Switch till 2018, I don't think. No, but it it's good. It, it came out the same week as the Switch. Yeah. I'm going to make a weird uh, suggestion, though, for my game of the year in 2017. I mean, it's your list. You can have what you want. No, it's just it's just a, a weird... It's a, it's a game called Universal Paperclips. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no, I can't say how. You should really check it out. It's a... Okay. It's a browser, like idle game oh no so yes yes i know the one you mean um and i played a lot of it i spent a lot of time playing that because 2017 was like a year where i was in like a lot of like health class and a lot of elective classes at school that were really boring and easy yeah so i played a lot of um clicker games or or idle games i can't remember if i've played that one uh, the one that I do particularly remember is the one where you, um, like, it's like a horror one where you have, like, candles in the dark. Yeah, uh, A Dark Room. Yeah. Yeah, that one was good, too. Yeah, that was really good. I used, I, I still do really like clicker games. I played that one a lot as well. That one and um, The Candy Box, did you ever play? Like, those were, like, they were, like, idle games, but then they had, like, RPG aspects or adventure aspects to them. That's what I really like. Yeah, I remember there's, there's one about cats. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I played a lot of as well. 2017 had a lot of great games. Everything? Do you remember everything? I do. That game was pretty cool. I still laugh. I still laugh every single time it goes on sale. Everything is on sale. Uh, did you did you play Prey? Uh, so I played like an hour and a half of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just didn't like grab me particularly. Like the initial like bit where you are in your room. That's really good. Yeah. And then, I can't remember, there was something like, there was a door that I couldn't get past just after that. Okay. And I ended up hating that so much that even after I got past it, I was just like, I don't really want to touch this. <laughs> I got up to the first, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called, you know the things where you like shoot yourself in the eye with the thing and it gets you upgrades? No, I know, I've never played it. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it's in the trailer anyway, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like a thing where you like, it looks like a gun and you put it to your face and it goes around your eye and it gives you upgrade points. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's kind of like the plasmids in Bioshock. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's there's one of those and I got to the very first one of those and then never touched it again. Ah, yeah, I just never got around to buying it. <laughs> I mean, it's good and I know a lot of people really like it, but I just don't myself, to be honest. Let's see, what else was... 2017 was, was a big year. I think... Near Automata, we kind of talked about this, or we talked about Near, 
Um, Near Near Automata is probably Near Automata was my game of the year for 2017. Yeah. Um, I remember. I think I remember saying that in 2017 that Near Automata. I didn't play it till 2018. Yeah. And so I think for Yakuza Zero was another one uh, that came out in 2017. I just have like trouble remembering all these games because they just sort of blend together after a while. You mean the Yakuza games or games in general? Oh, just like uh, like the years for the games that actually came out. Yeah, I I said it was Persona Five because I was wrong. It didn't come out in 2016 when we were talking about it. But yeah, um, Persona Five was was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but looking back, uh, Near Automata would be my game of the year. I just didn't play it till 2018. Yeah, I didn't even put Persona Five on my list. Um, at the time, it was Persona Five. Yeah, like I never finished it for one thing. Like, I got to the same point I get in every Persona game I play, which is about 40 hours in and then stop. Um, have you, did you play Sonic Mania? No. I don't really like Sonic games. I really enjoyed, I never played any of the 2D Sonic games, but I really enjoyed Sonic Mania. The only 2D Sonic games that I like are Sonic Rush, and, uh, I think it's Advance 3 was good as well. Okay. But other than that, I've never really been into Sonic. I like, I like Adventure 2. Yeah, adventures all right. I like the um, I like the song "Fist Bump." Like, that's a really good song <laughs> by Hoobastank or whatever. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been meaning to play Resident Evil Seven since it got on Game Pass, but I don't know if my computer can run it. Yeah, I've, like I'll play it at some point before eight comes out, but don't know when that'll actually be. Do you think? Do you think if my computer can run like Titanfall pretty well? Oh, it should be fine. You can always check. That's it. There's a there's a website there's a website called Can You Run It. It installs like a um, a Java thing on your computer, I think, and it just runs, and then it gets what your uh, specifications are, and then just tells you if you can run video games. That's cool. So it just does all the checking for you. I used to use it a lot, and then I got a computer that was powerful enough to basically run anything, and I just stopped caring. Yeah, I'll I'll do that later then. Uh, yeah. So anything else you want to talk about in 2017? I wouldn't say so, no. Like, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is really good. It's probably my second favorite, but I don't know if it's the second best. That makes sense. The first Xenoblade Chronicles is still really good, but for one thing, I didn't actually finish that till this year, so I don't have, like, super strong flight feelings in, like, the past about it. Yeah. And it's also just, like, there's just, like, little bits of it that I wasn't a fan of. Like, I still, like, desperately hate getting locked out of quests. Yeah, that's not, that's never enjoyable. No, like, I understand why it happens for, like, thematic reasons, but I still don't enjoy it. Uh, Night in the Woods was really good, too. I really enjoyed that. Night in the Woods is great. I only did that last year, but it's really good. I don't have much to say about it besides it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think it gets, like, an unfair rap at times. I think it does, too, yeah. It's, it's kind, of, kind of going back to what we said earlier, where sometimes things just get popular and people get an idea because it's popular. Going into 2018, we got... Uh, Smash Ultimate. It's definitely a game. It's a good game. I I played it a bit. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It's a game I played a bit and enjoyed. Yeah, I've not. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, that's a lie. I did play it. I played it at Gamescom, and they gave me a free shirt. I don't. I don't think I own it. I just know I've I've played it. Yeah. And I enjoyed what I played of it. Let's see what what else came out in 2018. We got the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. How'd you feel about that? Uh, They're fine. They're just like, because they're stripped back, they end up being quite shallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
I also don't like having to throw the Joy Cons to use to catch Pokeballs. It's just kind of annoying. Yeah, that 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 does sound annoying. Um, Greece also came out in 2018. I know we talked about that before, but yeah, I don't think that I would have put that on my list over anything else. But that is a very good. I I really I only I mean it's only really because of the timing I think that I uh, enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Spyro reignited. I never played any of those. Never really been a big fan of Spyro. Minute. Did you play Minute? Yes, I did. I actually had that on my list for a while until I ended up swapping it out with some other stuff. I did really like Minute. There's actually a full playthrough of that on my channel as well. I, I loved Minute. I thought it was great. What'd you swap it out for? Do you remember? What did you put over it? Ooh, I think I think it was probably Donut County. Okay. Because I really like Donut County. I like Donut County. Um, Kind of just made me want to play Katamari, though. Fair enough. At the time, I had never played Katamari, so I was playing it around the same time. I think, right. which is like, which is why it was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the two like big AAA games from this year, uh, Spider Man and God of War. So we had a conversation last month about God of War. Did we? Well, um, yeah, it was when we talked about not liking boss fights. That's just, right. Yep. 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 Yeah. So, like, it's fine. I think it's a bit long. I think that the boss fights aren't great. The combat's not amazing, but it's still good. It's a it's a bit long, and I find the pacing to be really bad, especially like in the end. I'm the opposite. I think the pacing at the start is terrible, and I think it gets better as it gets faster. Yeah, it's. I I think more so. It's just like the end sequence was really kind of anticlimactic to me. Yeah, the ending does seem to just kind of come out of nowhere. Um, without getting too far into spoilers, it just, there doesn't seem to be, even like, and talking about boss battles, there there doesn't seem to be any sort of culmination of either the gameplay or the story, and and that that's what was really disappointing to me. Like, it, it does sort of just, like, wrap up out of nowhere. Spider-Man, however, I played so much of. I played a lot of Spider-Man in 2018. I actually wasn't interested in Spider-Man at all, but we went to Gamescom and they had a booth there and we managed to get in like early on one of the days and got to that before anyone else. And we played it then and like, my wife liked it more than me, but we both ended up really liking it. And that's the only reason I bought the game. Yeah. Like otherwise I never would have touched it. So in 2018, I was playing a lot of those AAA games, but I was, I was always playing them like, cause Spider-Man I think was the first one to come out or no. I think God of War came out before Spider-Man. Yeah, God of War came out in the June, and then Spider-Man was October. So I picked up God of War right around when Spider-Man was coming out. Right. And then finished God of War and picked up Spider-Man right around when Red Dead Redemption was coming out. And so I was always just a little bit behind on those. Yeah. I think Far Cry 5 was in there somewhere too, because I played it around that time. But that was when I was playing like the most AAA games. Uh, that year because there were some really good ones that were coming out yeah like 2018 is also like a really strong year yeah it's not as strong as 2017 but they also didn't have a really good um console launch so yeah that's forgivable i guess so that one was bound to be better anyway well bound to at least be bolstered uh celeste is would be have to be up there for me we've talked about celeste before did you ever play into the breach the ftl guys uh no i haven't 
I've been like meaning to get it, but I just never got around to picking it up. I think it's on Game Pass. Right. Okay. So if if you want to to check that out on Game Pass, that's something. Yeah, I should actually use Game Pass at some point. I mean, there's good stuff on there. You could also <laughs> play Thea Thea of Thieves. Wow. Yeah. Sea of Thieves with me if you want sometime. Yeah, I have actually played a bit of Sea of Thieves before, and I was like, this is fine. I think it would help if I had people to play it with. Oh yeah, Sea of Thieves is awful on your own. Yeah. I would not want to play Sea of Thieves by myself. One time we came across like an old man, <laughs> like who was just sailing by himself, and he's like, this is what I do. <laughs> like, I just I just sail around and, in my little ship, and Apparently, everyone just left him alone because he was just an old man who would... Well, that's nice. It, it was. It was very wholesome. <laughs> Let's see what else was... 20. The Messenger, did you ever play that? I've been meaning to get it. Uh, I played a bit of it. Again, it's just one of those games where it's like... I didn't have any particularly strong urge to get back to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Game Pass as well. I've been considering picking it up. Like, it's not like it's bad at all. It's It's a good game. I just... I think there was like... So it's like a larger issue with games, really, where certain times there are games when you play them and they have like points where it's like, oh, it makes sense for me to stop now. Mm -hmm. And whenever I hit one of those, whenever I hit a point where it's like, oh, this is a good time for me to stop rather than I don't feel like playing right now. Yeah. Then I end up never going back when it's something like, oh, I'm just kind of tired. So I'm going to stop, but I still want to play more. That's when I actually play a game. But when it's like, oh, I've just beaten a boss and now the story is kind of winding down, I'll stop. I feel like I never have any urge to actually go back to it. That's that, uh, like the the thing that I, I've talked about on both the past podcasts about how I play a lot of RPGs like right up to the final dungeon, and then it feels like I've played the game, but I I just didn't beat the last bit of it. So two games that are on this list that I didn't play, but I heard a lot about from a lot of my friends are Monster Hunter and Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Tell me about those. Yeah, so. Monster Hunter World is really good. Um, it's like the first... It's not the first Monster Hunter World... Monster Hunter World. It's not the first Monster Hunter game that I've played, and it's not the first hunting game that I've played, but it's definitely the one I've spent the most time in. Like, I've got somewhere around 400 hours in it, which, if you speak to anyone who plays Monster Hunter, isn't actually all that long. <laughs> but I did everything in the base game. Um, I did most of the added monsters. I think I ended up... I fell off around the time they added in Lunastra. Never did Behemoth. They had a Witcher crossover that I never ended up doing. And then they added the Iceborne DLC, and Iceborne is really good, and I've never played much of it. I played, like, the first, like, five monsters of this, like, 40-monster DLC, and I just sort of, like, fell off it. Yeah. But it's... The issue with World is that it's really good, but it... Like, your enjoyment is heavily dependent on the community. And by the time I got round to Iceborne, especially, like, the community had just sort of died on the PS4. And it just meant that I didn't really get to play with anyone else, and I just didn't enjoy it as much then. Yeah, that makes sense. I, that, that's the reason I never picked it up, because, I mean, it, it wasn't until late 2018 that I had good enough internet to play online. So I just had no interest in it if I couldn't play with anyone. Yeah. Like, it's... It's still got like a really big community on PC. Yeah. But the PS4 community especially just like kind of died after a while. Anything else you want to talk about in 2018? Oh, well, you were asking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. So um, Odyssey is okay, but I don't think it's a very good Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, it's a a decent RPG. 
yeah, Origins before it really started it. I think Origins strikes a better balance, um, but Odyssey goes like way further into just sort of like RPG direction. And it's just like, it's a good game. It's just not really what I wanted. Yeah. At the same time, like, I really like it for different reasons. Like, Cassandra is like one of the best video game protagonists we've had in years. She's just like really interesting and like a, like a legitimately interesting character um, versus like, because you can choose who to play as at the start. You can play as Alexios or Cassandra and Alexios is awful, like legitimately terrible. I feel like bad for saying it and that, but the person who plays him is like really wooden. Uh, the delivery is terrible and like just makes the character not interesting. That's that's a bummer. Whereas the person who plays Cassandra is like really good. And like you believe everything she says and she's just like interesting the entire time and she seems invested in what's happening, which helps with the character, obviously. And it just like she's just so good. And I've always like still quite liked the future stuff. Well, like present day stuff. So the stuff that's in that is really interesting. And like there's some interesting places where that stuff goes, which would be spoilers, but it's good. It's it's a good game. I don't like it in terms of the rest of the Assassin's Creed games. But as it's like sort of like own series, I like it. Oh, and everyone should everyone should play the missing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, is that Sweary? Also, if you follow follow Sweary, he just follows you back, which is nice. Yeah, I think he does follow me back. <laughs> but it's just a really good game. Yeah, I've been meaning to to get around to that. It's got like a lot of like interesting stuff that it talks about, but it's kind of spoilers to talk about it, so I can't. Yeah, is he okay? So this might be, let me, how do I say this? I, I always just get Suda51 and Sweary mixed up. Yeah. Sweary is, is the one that did Deadly Premonition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Suda51 is No More Heroes. Yeah. Gotcha. And like Sweary, see, one of the things is that Sweary's got numbers in his name as well. Yeah. But he doesn't really use them as much. <laughs> that that doesn't, that doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. All right, so now we get into the last year, which was last year. Yeah. What was your, like, game of the year, game of the year for 2019? Uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding, okay. I didn't touch Death Stranding. It intimidated me. It's really good. And I said I was going to watch somebody play it, and then I just kind of lost interest in even really what it was. I I think it's a really good game. I think it's better to play it than it is to watch it, because you lose a lot of the... I don't want to say nuance because it's like not really like a nuanced story or anything particularly. But you lose some of the like connection. Yeah, which is like it's funny because that's what the game's about. You lose a lot between like you and the game by not playing it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of games where it's like you can watch them because like playing the game is always important, but you can like sort of gloss over by playing it. Yeah. In certain situations, whereas the you lose a lot by not playing Death Stranded. Yeah. Like, you can just watch all of the cutscenes and stuff, and you'd understand what happens in the story, but you don't feel the same way. I would say the same thing for Undertale, because it, it those are the kind of games that effectively use the medium, you know? Those are the kind of games that, that really get you... Talking about, like, horror games, too, going back to that, they get you connected. Yeah. So, my favorite game of 2019 was Resident Evil 2. Yeah, like, that was up there for me. And it was it was a hard choice for me when I was thinking about it at the time between... Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5 because mm -hmm. they are both really really strong games. I think if I had to like actually rank them, I actually I think I did rank them, didn't I? Yeah, I did. What am I talking about? I did actually rank them. I have like an expanded list mm -hmm. for 
2019 because I did like a video just dedicated to that as well, which has 20 items in it as opposed to the 10 that we've got for everything else. Yeah. Um, and I did actually rank them. Like Death Stranding was my number one, but Devil May Cry 5 was my number two. Okay. Yeah. Like it was very close for me with those two. Did you play um, Hypnospace Outlaw? No, I didn't. I think I've got it. That is one of my, that was one of my favorite games. It's on Game Pass if you don't. Very okay. Because uh, there's a lot of games on Game Pass. Yeah. It's almost like Game Pass is probably worth using, but I just don't. Yeah. It just sort of sits there and eventually it'll run out and I still won't use it. I mean, at least you're not paying for it. I suppose. I'm like paying for it, so I feel like I, I have to use it, which is why I've been playing mostly Game Pass games. I've like legitimately been debating starting an entirely new video series just for the sake of me actually using Game Pass. That could work. I don't know where I'd put it. It's not like anybody watches the videos I already make, so let alone making more of them. But Hypnospace Outlaw is really good. Uh, you just explore like weird 1999 fake GeoCities websites. Yeah. Um, I played that very recently. I didn't realize it came out last year. I thought it was older than that. Yeah, so did I. It came out in March of last year. Okay. So it's not even like super early or anything. No. Yeah, that's weird. And we, we talked a bit last time about Slay the Spire. Yeah. Slay the Spire is great. Yeah. Slay the Spire is great. Do you play the Goose game? I, I've never got around to it. Like, I intend to, but I just like have never picked it up. I watched everyone and everyone's mom and Lemmy play it, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Same. I'm fine with just ending it, like having that be my experience with the Goose game. Uh, Astral Chain was one of my favorite games of last year, even though it is a cop game. Yeah, I would like to say that I liked Astral Chain more, but I just didn't. <laughs> I wish I did. I just, I got so frustrated. Honestly, it was the platforming stuff. Oh, yeah. That frustrated me so much that I ended up not wanting to play the game anymore. Yeah, that that is that is pretty bad. I, I wasn't a huge huge fan of some some of that stuff i just enjoyed the world a lot and yeah. i enjoyed having like a less intense character action game that i could kind of just mindlessly play yeah like I, I liked aspects of it it happens a lot with games with me where like i will be liking it and then one thing will annoy me so much that i don't want to play the game anymore yeah and like with astral chain it was I, it, honestly it usually is platforming like thinking, i just don't like platforming Let's see. Did you play Disco Elysium? No, I have not. I have been meaning to. That game seems like it is right up my alley. Yeah, like it seems like something I'd either really like or really hate. Um, I just haven't wanted to. It's been on sale, but it's only been on sale like a little bit. Yeah. And I just haven't wanted to drop the dosh on it. So like I, I have this thing where like if I buy a game on release, I pay full price. Yeah. And then any other time than on release, I feel uncomfortable spending full price on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I tend to wait for a sale at that point. Yeah, that's I, I'm the same way in a lot of ways. Like I've spent, what, like talking about the games that I'm getting for the PlayStation 5 and that. I've spent like two, three hundred quid on games for those. Yeah. And like all like brand new on release games. But if I don't buy the games, then I will wait until they're like a fiver each to pick them up or something. That's like another one of those games is like Outer Wilds. Yeah, I waited for that to be on sale. And I still haven't picked it up. <laughs> I picked up Outer Worlds, though. That was fine. I'm waiting for Outer Worlds to come to PC. It is on PC. Uh, well, it's not on Steam. Oh. Yeah, it's on Epic. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's all I've been doing this podcast is telling you what's on Game Pass. I know. I'm going to do the same for that as i did with control where i just wait until the game of the year edition comes out on steam and then pick it up then yeah because i didn't the dlc just came out and i haven't actually checked that out i also have a thing where like if i buy games with like season passes i play the base game and then never play any of the dlc 
Mm-hmm. Whereas if I buy a game after the DLC is out, I'll play all of it in one go. Yeah, that that's and that's we talked about that last time with with control how that makes things kind of weird. But just like I never end up going back if I don't do it all in one go. So let's see what else came out in twenty. What are some some more weird things that came out or more? Do you play Fire Emblem, the mo- most recent one? I played. I want to say most of one playthrough. Yeah, that's what I did too. I actually only stopped because i went on holiday yeah and then when i came home i never picked it back up again i i played most of a golden deer playthrough okay i did blue lions i think yeah wow 2019 was a pretty good year for games uh control was was pretty awesome i i enjoyed control a lot yeah i again didn't play it till this year but i find it interesting that you have cadence of hyrule but not the original on there uh did you just never play yeah i've just never played it okay it's in my wish list i just never got around to it Oh, so that's not like an expansion? It's a standalone? Oh, no, Cadence of Hyrule's in its its own game. Oh, okay. And it's got its own DLC now as well. Let's see, what else was in 2019? Baba Is You, did you ever check that out? Yeah, yeah, I played through that. It was good. It was one of those games where it was like, it went interesting places and that wasn't my issue with it. It just felt like it was very long. Yes. Like, I, I, I did one of my sentence reviews of it and think off the top of my head i said something along the lines of either i'm too stupid or it's too long yeah i think i remember that yeah there's a lot of games in 2019 though and it's hard to like that that must have been another year that was very hard to like pick yeah well i i, I again there's 20 on this oh yeah i did more for it so if like you're looking at the decade list there's actually another 10 on my original 2019 list so if i go through those as well I, there was uh wargroove sekiro baba review Yoshi's Crafted World, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Astral Chain, Blasphemous. Blasphemous, yeah. Yeah, Link's Awakening, Demon X Machina, and Indivisible. Now, looking back <laughs> on this now, I wouldn't have Indivisible <laughs> on here. Oh, oh, no. I was just, like, excited that the game I'd paid for had come out, and then she wasn't very good. I didn't get very far. I didn't think it was all that good. And then now it looks even worse, like, in hindsight. But it's not the game's fault. I'm still trying to play, uh, get around to play uh, Fallen Order, the Star Wars game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is good. I need to get that one. Yeah, like it. I actually. So, one of the reasons why my 2019 list came out as late as it did was because I ended up playing through like a lot of games that came out in 2019 in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Like Resident Evil 2, I didn't actually finish till December. Jedi Fallen Order didn't finish till December. Uh, Sayonara Wild Height, uh, Wild Hearts didn't finish till December. That game is great. Yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts is so good. Like, legitimately one of my favorite games. Like, I would probably put that higher on my list now because I still think about it pretty regularly. The only reason I didn't is because I don't know. I just felt like it was a game that I played it and then I was like, okay, cool. That was a cool experience. It was like watching a movie. It was a really good yeah. movie. It was a really good interactive movie. That's kind of how I do my games anyway. Like, I only tend to play a game once and never again anyway. So, like, that doesn't bother me all that much. Yeah, but I meant, like, I never would think about it again. <laughs> oh, really? I think about it, like, all the time. <laughs> and especially the music. I think the music's so good. And that doesn't mean that it's bad. I just... Yeah. I don't know. I have. I literally have not thought about it since I finished it until I saw it now on your list. <laughs> okay. And, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that was a really good game. I really enjoyed that. No, I still think about it pretty regularly and like talk to people about it and like i say like especially the music the music is like so good like it's not my sort of music but it's really good yeah i I agree with that yeah 
I'm trying to see what else. Uh, do you play Sekiro? Uh, no. I didn't either. That's kind of a lie. I played it for like an hour and a half. I did a video on a stream. Like basically, if I say I played it a bit, I mean, I did a video on a stream on it. I played it a bit. It didn't get me as much as the other like Souls games. Like it's a shame because I was actually really excited for it. Mm-hmm. And then when I started playing it, I was like, yeah, I don't feel it all that much. And then like the surrounding like discourse about it just kind of put me off playing as well. Yeah. Like I would still really like to go back and do it, but I just don't know if I ever actually will. I just never got around to buying it. There was just a lot of games in 2019. Yeah, there was. I was putting a lot more time into other things. Like I didn't want to like fire or fire emblem and devil may cry. And so there's quite a few of these games. I just never got around to picking up. Yeah. What, what was I? Oh, Katana Zero um, would probably be up there with Resident Evil 2 for me. Because that game, that game is just great. Like, I cannot recommend that game enough. It's just, the, the its biggest problem is that it's a little short. And I wish there was more. I have, like, the opposite issue now. Well, I think I said that literally earlier today. But, like, the more games I played, the more I like them being short. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, I also enjoy games that are short. We talked about this last month, but I don't want like, su- I don't like super long games as much, but yeah. also I often find myself with shorter games feeling myself wanting more. But that's it. I would rather be left being like, I would like more of this than be five hours into a 20 hour game. Just being like, can we please stop now? Yeah, that's, that's true. Like on the day of recording, I've just made my videos for this week. So when this comes out, those videos and streams will already be out, obviously. So I... Started playing Dust and Elysian Tale today. Yeah. Which is supposed to be really good. It's so furry. Like, it is, like, the most furry game I've ever seen. But also, like, it's, like, 20 hours long, and I've only played it for literally half an hour so far today, and I'm like, I don't really think I ever want to play this for 20 hours. What is the game? Is it, like, a Metroidvania, or is it more... What is the gameplay like? Uh, It's, like, a Metroidvania character action type thing. Okay. It looks a bit like, um... Vanillaware, whoever did Odin Sphere, reminds me of that. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's got like like move lists and like actual combos and shit. Okay, but it's also a Metroidvania. Like there's a there's a thing that you can do where you can do a launcher into the air, then do a combo in the air, then grab the enemy, throw them into the floor, which bounces them and other enemies back into the air, and then loop that combo just infinitely, basically. And like it feels good, but I don't want to really play it for twenty hours. I don't think. Well then. You might want to check out Katana Zero, because it took me, like, a day to beat it. Yeah, I probably will. Because, like, I, I, again, I've, like, been interested in it for a while, but originally I just never got around to picking it up, and then I still have never gotten around to actually using Game Pass. Honestly, one of the main things that puts me off using Game Pass is that you lose your saves. Oh, if you don't? Like, you can keep your saves, but you can't apparently, like, transfer them. Like, the, the saves are encrypted on the same way that the game the games are. So if I, like, buy the game on Steam and my Game Pass runs out, I can't just, like, use my save file. Which, like, I get that it's, like, different, technically, like, different SKUs and that, but it feels like it should be possible. But... That's to incentivize you to buy it through the Microsoft Store, right? Yeah, but I don't want to buy it through the Microsoft Store. I want it on Steam. That's, like, that's like the idea. You do get, you do get a discount uh, for Game Pass as well on Microsoft Store games. Yeah, but I just, like, they're, they're UWPs, aren't they? It's like the the file container for. I think my my top games of the decade are going to come down between Resident Evil Two and Bloodborne. Okay. After looking at at, at all of these, 
Um, and that that's a hard choice for me to make. I I did the um, the Castle Super Beast game of the decade and game of the year lists last year, which I'm also going to be doing again this year. Um, and a lot of people voted for Dark Souls and or Bloodborne um, for their game of the decade. Like they were some of the most popular votes. Like game, Dark Souls actually won in the end. Resident but. Evil Two was um, really interesting for me though because it was the first one that I ever really played. I'd played Ford before. See, I played Four after. Right. Okay. I have previously tried to do remake, and I just never really liked it. Yeah, me too. It's just, it's just fixed camera angles. I just don't like fixed camera angles. But I played two, and I really liked two. And then I played three this year, and I really liked three. I was thinking we would round out this discussion with like, what is the leading game of the year for you in 2020? Yeah, I was thinking the same. Do you want to go first, or shall I? I, I, I don't know if I have an answer, dude. Yeah, to. To be honest, I don't have like an individual answer so far. I've been playing a lot of smaller indie games and a lot of ga- catching up on a lot of other stuff this year. Right, okay. I think Resident Evil 3 is still really good. Like, honestly, that's probably one of the games I've enjoyed the most so far this year. Okay. Uh, I really liked the 7 remake that we got. I bounced off of that really hard. I need to get back onto it. Yeah. It's not that I bounced off of it. I say I bounce off things a lot. Said I played it. I was really enjoying it, and then I kind of stopped for a bit because I got really busy with other stuff, and then I just never came back to it. Yeah, that's like I say earlier, that's exactly what happened to me with um, Fire Emblem. I was really enjoying it, and then literally the night before we went to Gamescom, I beat one of the levels. In terms of like games that I've enjoyed the most playing this year, it's probably going to be Doom Eternal. Yeah, okay. But there are games that... Like, it feels weird. It feels like Doom Eternal is, like, the easy answer for me. Like, there are games that I feel like I should, that are cooler than Doom Eternal. I just haven't gotten around to them. Cyberpunk's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk. But one of my things with this year is, like, so much has come out, and it feels like half of it came out years ago. Yeah. Like, Helltaker was this year. It feels like forever ago. Oh, yeah, it was. It was at the beginning of this year. I played Streets of Rage 4. That one was really good. Okay. I've never really been into that sort of thing, so... I haven't either. <laughs> like, the Black Mesa full release was this year, so that was pretty good. Was that this year? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, the Black Mesa full release was this year. Oh. <laughs> Man. This year, simultaneously, has gone incredibly quickly and incredibly slowly. Uh, it's It's the worst. How are you feeling about the new interesting yakuza i guess i led the question there you might not find it interesting i don't know because like i have this like incredibly distant relationship with the yakuza games like i find them interesting but i never really play any of them like i own multiple of them but i've never actually touched any of them i've only beaten one of them i think i think the most i did was i played four for about an hour i find myself like either getting too lost in the like day-to-day or the uh like kind of life sim stuff or the 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 shinmu style gameplay i guess yeah so i either do that and like completely rush through the story and the games get done really really quick or i just play it until i get bored doing all the side quests and then don't come back to finish the story like i'm gonna go back to yakuza zero and finish the story and just play through the story yeah because last time i played it i just did everything else instead of that and got bored with that and dropped it yeah like i that's kind of how i end up doing with like the persona games yeah 
I get like so focused on getting like all of the um the S links and everything that I end up like ruining the game for myself. How do you feel about this new one being a turn-based JRPG though? Like Yakuza was always an RPG. So, it's just reinforcing that. Yeah, but now I mean, yeah, but I'm I think I'm going to kind of miss the beat 'em up stuff a bit. I I liked that a lot. I I don't know cuz like I say like I I can't say I have like the strong enough feelings about it to care either way. Like I'm interested in how it's going to look because like I feel like that seems weird, but it doesn't make me more or less interested is what I'm getting at. Well, I'm also probably is it releasing on it's not really it's releasing early on PS5 and then on PS4 and Xbox and PC later. Is it? I thought it was coming to Xbox first. Yeah, no, it's coming to Xbox first. Oh. Like drastically first. Well then. <laughs> Yeah, it comes out, um, it's an Xbox release title. Okay. And it comes out on PS4 on the same day, actually. And then it comes out on PS5 in March 2021. Okay. So it's coming out on, on the new Xbox and the PS4. On the 10th of November. And then PS5 later. And then we don't know about a PC release, but I'm probably not going to get it on PC. Well, it's it's coming to PC, PC, but not Steam. Is it not coming to Steam? Well, I mean, it doesn't say it's coming to Steam, but... It's going to be on Game Pass, I assume. Or at least on... You can... No. It's definitely going to be on the Microsoft Store. It's You can pre-order it on Steam right now. But yeah, it is on Steam. <laughs> is that not... You said it wasn't. No, I thought it wasn't, but apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I own Zero on Steam, and then uh, I own Kiwami 1 on PS4, and then Kiwami 2 is on Game Pass. I need to play that one. Oh, and then I played 6. I definitely have two copies of Zero. I have one copy of Zero on PS4 and one on PC. I think I have Kiwami on PC as well. I went straight from Kiwami to 6, and that was jarring. <laughs> it was very jarring. Yes, I do have Kiwami on PC. 6 was good. I just enjoyed, like, because Kiwami has the same combat as Yakuza 0, right. and I enjoy that style switching a lot more than, like, the one, one style you get in 6, even if it is very different. Yeah, that, like, looked... Like, that was one of the things that looked interesting about Zero to me. Yeah. Uh, and Kiwami 2 runs off the uh, 6 engine, so it's got the same kind of combat. That's not as fun to me. Right. Because, I mean, what the new combat has is, like, like actually, like, simulated, some more simulated physics. Yeah. Especially with, like, items. You can't pick up bicycles anymore, but you can kick them into people. But picking up bicycles was one of the best parts. Yeah, that's what that's what was a bummer is like you have to like kick them into people and then break them and then pick up the broken parts in six, I believe. That's kind of annoying. Yeah, but it's cool to be able to like when someone throws something at you to like time a kick and then kick it back at them. Like in in zero, if someone throws a projectile at you or you throw a projectile at an enemy, then it's just like it's not like an actual projectile. It's like a hit scan traffic cone. (laughs) Yeah, so. We're going to stop now because I'm tired again. There you go. Yeah, that's your outro for you. <laughs> here's the here's the bit that I've pre-written. So this will flow a lot better. Special thanks to my board members, Heaven Over Hell, Justin Wood, Hobbs, Koopy, Vegeta, and Gunrunner. You can join my Patreon at patreon.com slash Holden Gatsby. And for $1 a month, you'll be able to see what I'm working on early and get exclusive roles in my Discord, along with other rewards I might think of. You can also just follow me there if you want to for free, as it's probably the best place to see all my content as soon as it's available. There's links to the Patreon, along with my Discord, Twitter, Twitch, and all of the podcast platforms in the description of this episode, as well as the links to all of Gary's stuff too. Finally, don't forget you can email me using podcastby at gmail.com if you've got anything you want to say. Thanks for sticking around. 
Bye. Bye-bye.